37. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind by dialing in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features on the site there completely free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And joining you in the studio tonight, it is Ian, Michelle, and Mark. And don't forget, again, join us on the phones at 800-259-9231. You're certainly welcome to uh, share your thoughts on anything you want. Obviously, it was big news over the weekend. We covered it in quite a bit. Uh, we covered quite a bit of it over the weekend uh, on our Saturday show uh, with the the killer, the crazed madman who uh, has slaughtered six people uh, and I think injured something like a dozen more. Just a sad, tragic occurrence. He got his arraignment today. Apparently, he uh, he uh, he talked uh, during it. Um, some of the <laughs> the news guy I was watching called him articulate when he said the word yes. Um, so what? <laughs> because he enunciated. I don't know. As opposed to saying yeah. Well, we read know. some of his. He looked like a mad. I mean, with some of his ramblings, when you read them, I mean, I can see why the guy would would have expected something less than the ability to articulate the word yes. But <laughs> I thought it was funny that one would, you know, use the word articulate to describe yes. Yeah. So uh, the guy is a nut nutter. I mean, we read some of his ramblings, as you mentioned, Mark, on Saturday night. And I don't know, maybe we'll read some more eventually because it's really crazy stuff. <laughs> uh, but it's that's not all that's uh, that's in the news. Obviously, of course, there are other things going on in the world. And some would even say that this particular story has uh, has overshadowed some others. So, of course, we'll, uh, we'll talk about whatever uh, is on your mind tonight at 800-259-9231. And one of the, the stories I never got to last week that I'd intended to uh, was this animal deaths story. And there was a lot. We talked about it. And there's the birds and the fish. Right. The thousands of uh, birds and thousands of fish that uh, that are coming, you know, to they're dying I and mean, they're falling from the sky. They're Italy, floating up. Maine and all over the place. Right. Yeah, lots of different places. And it seems so weird. There was some. There was something like Sweden too. I didn't hear about Sweden. I heard yeah, about that's right. five yeah. states here that I'm aware of and Italy. Um, Sweden. You could include Sweden. No, they had like <laughs> okay. something called cockjays or something like that. What was the term? I have no idea. Some, little little crows, little blackbirds. I see. So I figured we needed to do an update on this because I had asked the question on the air, not knowing. Is this unusual? Was my first question was, is this unusual or is there some sort of internet phenomenon happening here where right. people is are Jesus over-reporting? coming back or have we seen this before? Well, and we had discussed it, the three of us actually, was uh, the night the story broke and I mentioned that there is something called the the kill rate or what, whatever where at the in, during the season, some blackbirds die in the south. Because and, and it's too cold. Right. Because they're flying south or whatever. I mean, I'm not sure why, but um, in fact, you know, they have some expectation that they're going to see some, but not in anywhere this number. Well, yeah. I'd love to hear the explanation because I have never heard of anything like this many birds dying in that small of an area. Well, like I, the pictures I've seen are just birds littering the ground. 
Yeah, so there is a there is an explanation. Whether you'll believe it or not is another question, uh, because some people are going to say, "Well, this is just the system, you know, that they're covering. It's the the mainstream media. They're they're just trying to you know cover it up and make it look like everything's fine." But according to Discovery, I've had several thoughts run through my head about these things, and uh, the most believable to me seems to be some kind of military weapon that they've been testing. But it's all over. So according to Discovery News at Discovery dot com. It has been a bad week for wild animals. Starting just before the turn of the new year, 500 red-winged blackbirds died together in Louisiana. Some 100 jackdaws, I think that's the word you're looking for, turned up dead on a street in Sweden. And in Arkansas, an estimated 100,000 fish went belly up the day before 5,000 blackbirds slammed into roofs, mailboxes, and the ground at full speed. Such massive, dramatic, and high-profile events have fueled concerns that nature is coming to an end. Or at least that something weird and disturbing is going on in the animal kingdom. But experts say massive die-offs like these are not at all unusual. From bats to whales to bees to frogs, wildlife health experts say major mortality events happen every year for reasons that include bad weather, disease outbreaks, and poisonings. The main reason this recent spate of events seems so strange is that most of the time, these mass deaths occur in places where no one notices. Yeah. So, so if you know this was in a, re- a residential area in Arkansas, if it had been in, uh, you know, there, there are plenty of places in Arkansas that are not residential. They're so rural that no one would have ever noticed. Yeah, they would have never known. The, the birds would have hit the ground at whatever speed, and trees and bushes yeah. at whatever speed they hit it. And vultures would come pick the bones clean, and, and they'd been gone. Yeah. So uh, experts again say that uh, it's uh, Robert Meese, an avian ecologist at University of California. Uh, Davis says this is really not the unusual thing that people are trying to make it into. A lot of this stuff happens without anyone documenting it. Dramatic die-offs are most common in animals that congregate or travel in large groups. Migratory birds, for example, often become disoriented by fog or storms, causing them to run into towers, bridges, and wind turbines and trees. On their long journeys, migratory birds may also accidentally ingest pesticides or even poisons that were specifically left for them. Uh, that uh, weather can work against them, too, particularly if they migrate too soon in an unseasonably cold year. Records kept by the United States Geological Survey list at least 16 die-offs of more than a 1,000 blackbirds or starlings over the past 30 years, uh, according to a spokesperson for them. But uh, group deaths among animals have been going on for a lot longer than that. In a review study published in 2007 in the journal Ibis, researchers looked through European and North American bird journals and other references dating back to the night. 19th century, they found frequent reports of deaths of birds in the hundreds, thousands, or more. In one of the most extreme examples, an estimated 1.5 million Lapland longspurs died during a March 1904 storm in Minnesota and Iowa. And it's not just birds that can die in mass. Tens of thousands of salmon died in Northern California's Klamath River in 2002 when the water temperature got too high for them. Strandings of whales, seas, uh, seals, and turtles get occasional attention. In recent years, caves full of bats have been dying from white noise syndrome. And entire hives of bees have been going down for reasons that are still unclear. Yeah. Most of the time, when many animals die at once, they do it far from our daily lives in fields, caves, forests, or national wildlife refuges, uh, where animals often live in unusually high concentrations, and therefore diseases can spread quickly. In BB, on the other hand, thousands of blackbirds had settled for the night in trees near people's homes. After a series of fireworks blasts went off New Year's Eve, the birds were startled off their roosts because blackbirds can't see at night. They ended up flying all over the place, mostly downward. One bird made it into... I still think that seems like a flimsy explanation, but... You'd think that... With such a low population, it's not like the fireworks were... 
you know, as extravagant as maybe you, Singapore. Right. <laughs> You'd think that a bird would have some kind of built-in altim- altimeter. I mean, you know, they'd know whether they were flying parallel to the ground or, um, you know, straight up, straight down. But as I understand it, uh, pilots can get confused, too. Um, you get know. vertigo, basically. Yeah, and, they, mm-hmm. you know, they end up flying, uh, you know, upside down and towards the ground or something like that um, if they don't have the, the you know, the, the, the altimeter to look at. I suppose that when – if the bird's been scared and, uh, you know, they, they don't know what's going on, they could fly – you know, they could fly directly into the ground, I guess. One bird apparently actually made it into a house when the homeowner opened the door to see what was causing the racket. Most landed on roofs and the ground, making loud clunking noises as they shattered themselves to death. Necropsies revealed internal hemorrhaging with no sign of pesticides. They weren't falling as dead carcasses, according to the expert. They didn't fall from the sky. They flew from the sky, and that makes it less weird. Yeah, that does make it less weird to me. Yeah. I, I feel much better. I, I mean, I, I can discount the alien story now. Another unique aspect of the BB <laughs> incident was that noise played a role, said a spokesperson for the National Wildlife Center. Uh, when the Swedish birds also died at a, after a fireworks event, he said mass die-offs are more likely connected to a disease or weather. I think people are often very surprised that this kind of phenomenon happens, that wildlife are susceptible to disease, and there are large outbreaks in the wild because they often go unseen, pointing out that there are reports like this that are investigated every single year. I think people should be aware that mortality events in wildlife are normal. They are a fact of life. And I just wish it didn't take basically a whole week for this story to become visible. Shouldn't this have been the first question that journalists were asking? I mean, I'm not, I don't consider myself a journalist, but it was the first question there that I asked. There was only one line throughout that entire story that I'd read out of, of the four stories that mentioned die-offs. Yeah, it was all about, all focused on how weird this is. Look at all this going on. <laughs> uh, well, apparently it's not so weird. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up what you want. Ready for the tax season? Well, there's a new rule you might want to know about uh, coming up in a bit. It's free talk live. How does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water. It's an unconference where the event is what you make of it. The boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and much more. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November 2011. But you need to reserve your berth now. They're as low as $535, double occupancy. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com. Do it today. Cruise.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything at all. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site completely free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it is Ian. Michelle. And Mark. And we invite you to our website uh, where all the features are brought to you for free. That's the way a good talk show website should be. And I like our website because it's really a site that is created by listeners like you. You can go and edit virtually anything that you see on our wiki. You can add new uh, new features to the front page of freetalklive.com. You can, uh, you, you, if you've got something that you want to share, like a video or a blog post or a news item, you just post it as what they, what's called show prep on the site, and then other listeners can vote as to whether they like or dislike your suggestion. The most liked making it to the front page and the top of the website. 
at freetalklive.com. So do head on over there and get interactive. By the way, Free uh, Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your best chance at achieving liberty in your lifetime. It's right here in New Hampshire with other like-minded liberty-oriented people getting together, concentrating activism and different types of activism, too. Everything from politics to civil disobedience to media to outreach projects. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff to be done here, uh, including supporting our friends when they when they have to go to court. Freestateproject.org is where you can go to learn more about it. And, Michelle, you and I uh, went out this morning with approximately 23, I think, uh, yes, people right total. Yep. Like tw- oh, well over 20 people. And from as far as New York. That's right. People coming from Connecticut, New York, mm-hmm. uh, all over the place to show support for our friends Pete and Adam from Liberty on Tour. Ademo. Uh, that, is it, is or that Ademo. Ademo. I'm sorry. Yes. Is, is he officially changed uh, his name now? He is. And I'm embarrassed to say that how I could remember it was Ademo and not Ademo. Is... It is spelled like Ademo, though. No. Ademo Lamo. Oh, I love he's not lame. He's very nice. Young I know man. he's not, but I was trying. To... A, a demo. So is it a demo or a demo? A demo. All right. So a demo and Pete from LibertyOnTour dot com, who we've had on this show a number of times, and we may end up having uh, one or two or both of them on tomorrow night um, if they're still in town. I think they will be. But they uh, they were going down to Greenfield, Massachusetts. By the way, the home of Pendulette, uh, hometown of Pendulette. They went down there for what was expected to be a trial and a pretrial hearing as they were both arrested not too long ago, I guess several months back, uh, when they were down there trying to visit some friends that bail were... Bail out Rich Paul. I yeah, think. they were trying to bail some people out that were in jail, and they were at the jail. They were arrested for videotaping, even after they were told that they had permission to videotape. Yeah, it was a very confusing situation. And that they were clearly in what is a public area. They were at a jail in the lobby of the jail. And of course there are videotaping cameras taping in a public place, public officials working for, you know, public dollars at public time. And right. they're being videotaped. Correct. Absolutely. You're in a, if you're in a jail lobby or anywhere near a jail, you can very, very well believe you are on multiple video cameras. And allegedly those video cameras are, uh, you know, the, the video on those video cameras, uh, cameras are available to the public through sunshine laws. Correct. Right to no laws, things like that. So they were arrested. It's a bunch of nonsense. Then they went in and they tore up MARV, which is the Mobile Authority Resistance Vehicle, their RV that they've been driving around across the country. They tore it up. Uh, They ended up charging them with some additional crap, too, from what I understand. And so they were going in to face the wiretapping charges uh, today. Yes, Adamo was there for a trial, and Pete was there for an arraignment of some sort. Not an arraignment, but the next A pre-trial hearing is what it was called. Which is so silly, because, of course... Um, it's known that they are not, they don't live in the area, mm. and they had their initial arraignment or whatever on the same day, same time, and the next one or whatever. And they schedule their trials were scheduled for different times. And, That's right. And they everything. split them up for some reason. And then today, one of the things they wanted to do was join the trial. So after they'd split right. up their their trials, they then decided they wanted to join them. Anyway, so my point being, twenty plus liberty minded people turned out at. 8 in the morning, 8.30 in the morning in this little town in Massachusetts uh, at this courthouse, which was – we had so many people there. We almost filled all of the seats that they had. There were other people there for court too, and it was standing room only uh, in this courtroom as a result of that. And uh, so we got there, and of course, as usual, everybody's waiting for the judge, uh, the robed, robed man, or in this case, robed woman, uh, to come in. And I made the comment that, uh, what kind of a courtroom is this? The robed the robed man is going to use the same door as the rest of us? And then I laughed. And did you hear her? She looked right at me and she said, I will not have any laughing right. in my courtroom. I'm like, 
No laughing in this courtroom. <laughs> she was Can there be crying? <laughs> yeah, she's a real barrel of laughs, this judge. So essentially uh, what transpired And you was, know what she's upset about? She's upset that a bunch of people came to support these guys. Sure. When she was wearing shirts. you there. I mean, the idea that this is a public trial is absolutely ludicrous. Yeah. Now, these people don't, they don't want this, they don't expect this, and this isn't the way they want things to go at all. Well, it was very interesting that you bring that up, Mark, because she makes this, um, she made a comment before they got started, which was essentially, all right, everybody who's not here for the, these two <laughs> trials, leave the room. Now, like this is a, <laughs> right, this is a public court. Yeah, some people did get up and leave. But that, again, goes to back up what you're saying, that they don't want members of the public to see what's going on. They don't want people to know that they're charging people with so-called wiretapping for recording with video cameras, which is obvious. It's not like surreptitious. They were recording with video cameras out in the open in a public place. She doesn't want people to see this. She doesn't want people to see or hear what Pete and Ademo or Ademo, Ademo? Ademo. Ademo. I'm going to have to get used to that. Uh, I have to say. So she tells everybody to leave, and because she's a judge, and because there are bailiffs, people will, will obey. They got right however, up and they walked right out. However, when, she, when the bailiff um, announced that the judge was entering the room, and he said, all rise, <laughs> it was very interesting to be a part of 20-something people not rising. Yeah, that and was great. People did it for different reasons. I know that um, that Dale, who is a Quaker, you know, it's against his his uh, religion. It really is mine as well. Mm-hmm. And other people, you know, it's against their just their idea of of people not being uh, being people uh, having people over you. That God's you no respecter of persons. That's and, right. Uh, Quakers believe that uh, you know you're supposed to be Christ like, and that uh, you know so therefore you do not respect one person over another. Why would you rise for a judge when you don't rise for someone else coming in? Is for the me, judge it's a idol- better person? For me, it's idolatry. It is idolatry. I don't so, the totally. They'll tell yeah. you that. They'll they'll in fact tell you that that you're supposed to respect the position, mm. the, uh, the you know that you're supposed to re- respect the court. And what are those things? Other you know if if it's the ro- it's either the robe or it's the court or it's the bench or it's the room. The and authority. I'm not, sh- I'm not sure what it is. Well, it, it, it the authority doesn't exist, right? Authority is imaginary, so I must be expected to respect something specific, and that specific thing is a graven image, as far as I'm concerned. So it was actually hilarious when they did this because they did this a couple times because the judge ended up kicking us out after the first. There was an initial hearing where basically Ademo told her that he wanted to move forward because the, the state's Despite prosecutor, his, his attorney not being there, right? The state's prosecutor um, let the judge know that the defense attorney, the state defense attorney that had been assigned to Ademo. Uh, was not going to be able to make it because he had sliced his finger open and had to go to surgery or something like that. Some excuse. And Adamo basically said, look, I didn't want him anyway. Let's just move ahead. Please, let's go to trial. He didn't want him to put it off because they were getting ready to put it off. No, no, no. I'm ready to take care of myself here. Let's just move ahead. So she basically decided, all right, well, we're going to hear all these other cases so you guys can go back out in the, the, the hallway yeah. at that point. And the funniest thing was when they uh, they said all rise and none of us stood up, at one point, the guy says, remain seated, just so he could be obeyed. <laughs> Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. 
HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features completely free, so enjoy those. The bulletin board system is one of them. You can go and get interactive at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And does your company have uh, needs in the area of collections? It's a big hassle having to do that yourself. SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. And their employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers, as well as treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI, you can see their banner right at the top of the banner column over at freetalklive.com. So just kind of continuing the update here on what transpired this morning in Greenfield, Massachusetts, as Michelle, myself, and well over 20 other liberty-minded activists... And Aziza, who's not an activist. But she's, she's, a, she's an activist. she come out this morning. She's yeah, an activist. She's, she, she has bragging rights now. But has she never done anything like this before? Um, not as a quote-unquote adult and as her mm-hmm. own person. You know, she got dragged along with me forever. I see. But, so she made the choice to come this morning. Yeah, and she had rejected the whole thing. She's like, I, Mom, I'm, I'm a theater person. I don't Rejected do the that. whole activism thing. Yes, and thought we were kind of silly. But then, of course, Ademo and, and Peter are friends of ours since before ah. we moved here. So then something happened to friends and that changed how she perceived mm-hmm. things. And we had gone to their trial in Mississippi, in mm-hmm. Laurel. And so, you know, of course, there was the emotional draw. But then as she got around and she's been talking to everyone, you know, the last couple of days she just walked in. Yeah. <laughs> she's um, got headphones and she doesn't know we're talking about her yet. <laughs> Then, um, then yes, she uh, went down there, and you could just see that she was getting all excited and pumped up. Yeah, and it was great, uh, and it was an exciting time because there were well over, like I say, twenty people. I mean, how many people d- does this happen to? Where you get arrested for something, or a friend gets arrested for something, and they want some friends to show up to support them in court, and like mom comes, and that's it. It's so typical that uh, your friends are too busy to do anything else, you know, to do anything to support you in these situations. And that's I don't understandable. Think people even have an expectation that that's going to happen. That their friends will come to court yeah, I mean, for them. You know, like it's it, it's just not an expectation for most people. Well, there may be different reasons why. And I'm not saying it's a it's a bad thing. Look, a lot of people had to work. We might have had 40 people this morning if it, if it were more of a convenient time. Obviously, it's eight in the morning. 8.30 or whatever, there are a lot of people that aren't going to be able to make it due to other responsibilities. But that's why it's so great being here is because yes. we have hundreds of people from which to draw, uh, you know, to, to, to pull people from all over the place to come to these things. That way, if people have to work, it's no big deal. Right. You've got work? No problem. We've got 20 people that don't. We've got 20 people that, you know, some of them go to work in the afternoon or some of them are, are not working or they're self-employed like uh, you and I, uh, Michelle. Mm-hmm. So it makes it a little easier for us to do things that are flexible like that. But February 18th is the next one. And I yep. would encourage as many people. I think that's a long weekend because it's President's Day weekend, um, typically. And so, you know, y'all can take your three-day weekend and come to New Hampshire and support 
uh, Damo and Pete. And I mean, I, I woke up from my nap with this, you know, vision of, of the streets lined with signs and, and, um, a chance to have the, the area, the galley or whatever filled courtroom filled to where there wouldn't be a place for anyone else to sit down. You know, it was almost to that point. It was well, almost- except for that four police officers sitting behind us, taking yep. up that one area. And I must say, I, I have a confession to make. I am a little bit ashamed of my behavior today. What? So? What happened? Well, you know, I, I get excited. I'm an emotional person. And you say something you regret. <laughs> well, it's you know, I think I I regret not treating those cops as though. compassionately like they are trapped uh slaves and instead i treated them like they are the slave foreman which i think Mm -hmm. is kind of typical of you know they're they're the strong arms but they are in fact slaves themselves and i wish that i'd been a little bit more compassionate with that and less um that's sometimes I, my I, critique of myself. Afterwards. I ridiculed them a little bit, and I wish I wouldn't have. And and I do also wish that I'd spent more time talking one on one to the people who were waiting out in the hallway. Who, as I walked out, I said, "Do not take the plea deal." <laughs> you know. Now I often I, I agree uh, with you and Ian that that I do this um, myself. Is um, when you're talking about the low level functionary, whether you're talking about the private in the army or the corporal or you know anybody on up to the sergeants and and all that stuff, or the cops or you know the the DMV worker or anything like that, you critique them for working for the man and uh, you know working inside a coercive, violent system. Cops are the foot, clearly the foot soldiers in the in the war on freedom. I mean, I I I know mm-hmm. most many of them don't want to be that, but uh, you know the the system it, it, it coerces them at the same time. So I. When you start critiquing that many people, I mean, we've heard numbers on this show, and I don't know, I don't know if there's any way to uh, to, to verify this, but if you count uh, people that work for companies that have government contracts, that half of the U.S. population works for the government. So to critique somebody who works for the government as they're doing something bad, um, you you really you really uh, cut down on the amount of people that you can convince of this because people are going to be it's going to be very difficult for them to be able to be convinced uh, that they're doing that they themselves are doing something wrong. It's much easier to convince people that somebody else is doing mm-hmm. something wrong. But, you know, it was in when you look at the peace movement, it was the 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 guys that were being drafted, whether they went or not. Those were the guys that were, in fact, doing something about the peace movement back in, uh, uh, you know, the, the time of uh, Vietnam and that kind of thing. The rest of the folks, not as much. So these are valuable allies. And if you cannot alienate them in some way, if I cannot alienate them in some way, I'd like to do that. I do tend to kind of get stuck on this issue, though. I am of two minds. So we were there, and uh, and despite whatever self-critique we may have, I thought it was overall a pretty successful event uh, oh, where a lot of folks came out in support. And as I mentioned, uh, there was the issue where the bailiff says uh, he, he's telling everybody to rise for the judge. None of – I don't think any of our people stood. <laughs> uh, so the, the majority of the people that were in the audience area did not stand for this judge. And this time they didn't freak out about it. The first time we were there for – I think it was a pretrial hearing for a demo – uh, the first time we were there, there were maybe about 10 of us, so not as many. And uh, when they said all rise, not all stayed seated. So maybe about six of the 10 stayed seated. 
and they started shouting. The bailiffs started yelling, and there's video footage of this. Uh, I don't know how you'll find it. It's probably over at copblock.org or libertyontour.com. Uh, the video footage that I shot of this shows that a couple of people got scared because they're yelling and that, you know, that seems dangerous. And they, they kind of they come quickly to the front and they're yelling at the same time and, you know, stand up, stand up. And they have guns. Right. And they're scary. Mm-hmm. Um, the so couple, have guns? I don't know. about There that. are there are men in the in this case, all men. There were no women in there that are big and scary with guns that are not, you know, looking favorably upon people not standing. I have to say, I didn't notice it, but I'll take Michelle's word for it. I know that the bailiffs in the the Keene court system have guns under those sport sport coats that they wear, from what I understand, at least. And so, so again, last time they yelled and they, you know, they rushed forward and they yelled and, you know, some people stood and then three people stayed seated. Meg, uh, who's on with us on Saturday nights and Pete, uh, who's also under uh, attack by this court system, they stayed seated and they were not forced to rise. They were not arrested or anything like that. And then the second time they said, all rise. Some more people stayed seated who had risen before and they didn't make a a big deal about it. They just said, so you're not going to stand up? And no, what it was. Everybody basically said, "Yeah, no, we're not. We're not standing up." And that's that's when they let it drop. Today, there was no violence towards the people that weren't standing at all. It was just the the bailiff just looked a little befuddled and then said, "All right, remain seated." And it was just hilarious. So then later, this the same thing happened. It was incredibly successful. A little bit of civil disobedience, and mm-hmm. and for for some people, it was their first time doing that. Uh, I know that I was right. sitting next to a keen native who had actually come out, uh, David, who actually sometimes calls the show, and uh, he was a little concerned. You know, he'd never done this before, not standing for a judge. Um, but I, when I told him that I wasn't going to do it and that some other people weren't, then he felt much more comfortable. Empowered. Yeah, he felt much more comfortable. So safety it helps. in numbers. It, it totally really does. It makes a huge difference. And that's, you know, back to where I was coming from. Freestateproject.org. You get together with other like-minded people and things become possible mm-hmm. that didn't seem fathomable mm-hmm. before. Yep. It is amazing. So their trials were postponed. They didn't accept uh, Ademo's demand of having the trial right then and there, which is what he'd come down there for. And they were hoping to go on and hit the road again. And now they're going to have to come back in another month. So they might not actually might end up staying here, which would be cool. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, more coming up. Free Talk Live. You take control. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features that you'll find there completely free. Again, freetalklive.com. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, go to promote.freetalklive.com and you'll get a full list of things that you can do to help get Free Talk Live on to more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. You can go to amp.freetalklive.com to become a Free Talk Live amplifier. Also go to promote.freetalklive.com to get that full list of things. There's so much you can do, and you know whether you want to contribute some some money to the AMP program or print out flyers or different things, go to promote.freetalklive.com. So you hear ads all the time on talk radio about buying gold and sometimes about buying silver. Mostly it's about buying gold. 
but you know, two things that I found when uh, buying gold is a, I didn't know who had the best price, and b, I had no way to compare uh, things, apples and oranges. You know, one one company wanted to sell me, you know, Civil War gold pieces. Others wanted to sell me ones from the turn of the century, and I didn't feel like I could compare these things. I created gold.freetalklive.com to solve those problems for you. Um, the, the coins that we have there are simple coins that they should have at every single one of these gold dealers. You can look at the rates that we have there. You can call other companies. You can compare rates. I think that you'll find the, the, the cheapest ones are at gold.freetalklive.com for the same thing. So go to gold.freetalklive.com. You can also get silver there, and they even have a layaway plan if you call the 800 number that's, that's at gold.freetalklive.com. All right, so 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Just a few more thoughts from uh, what Michelle and I experienced this morning as we came out to support Ademo and Pete from libertyontour.com as they were being scheduled for a, a demo scheduled for a trial pete a pre-trial on so-called wiretapping charges for when they were recording with video cameras down in Massachusetts at a at a jail down there. And so we were there with over 20 people. A lot of us actually had T-shirts because I guess Ademo and Pete made up some. Those were great. I think Clyde actually made those. Mm-hmm. No victim, no crime. Right. And it actually, yeah, no victim, no crime and like this bloody font for some reason on the front of the shirt. And then on the back, Liberty it on It was tour. black, not red bloody. Right. It was black on yellow, basically. And so we Free had. talk a, live colors. We had a bunch of people. Those are kind of the. Um, uh, I guess anarchy colors or something. You know we, they took it from we us. We were asked about that actually. Um, about the colors or the shirts? By the shirts and the well, the colors mm-hmm. that were on the shirts, and um, one of there were three officers slash attorney something or another standing out in the uh, in the hallway there, and um, they asked about something, and, and I said, you know, those are the colors for um, basically anarcho uh, capitalism, but yes, as opposed to you know. Uh, socialistic anarchy right, as opposed or to the red and black which yes. is the other uh, anarchist but i'm sure they found that very convincing yeah, so I we don't... chatted about it a little bit and and um and they wanted to know if we were they just wanted to make sure we weren't teabaggers is what they said <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely not so and i by the way can't stand the terms anarchy or capitalist but nonetheless that's another discussion so we were there at the court uh big success of course it wasn't a successful day for ad uh, Demo and pete who were continued to a later date they had of course scheduled to come up here specifically for this they were at a different place yeah. in the country right they, they they came up from what north carolina they or drove all the way up here several hours this uh, is the trick this is this is what it, when it comes to to taking this stuff to court you know they they know that they can make it a real pain for you and they do that yeah they're just driving to work in the morning for 15 minutes these people work there every single day but they know that you have to schedule things special you've got to it, take time off work yeah. you've got to come at the in. very least even if you are in town you have to take time off work Yep, that's so true. And so they're just screwing around as usual, and they've de- de- delayed the trials um, till the 18th, February 18th. That's correct. We presume it's going to be another early morning thing, although mm-hmm. I haven't gotten those details yet. And as you said, Michelle, they are uh, the, the guys from Liberty on Tour, hoping even more people can come out to this one. And one of the things that's kind of going to be interesting about them continuing this, like if they keep delaying and they keep putting it off, well, this time. We decided to become more active at the courtroom than before because now we've got these great flyers that Meg made up, the don't take a plea bargain flyers that we've been handing out for the last several weeks, actually the last few months here in Keene uh, at the, the morning arraignments that they have at district court to encourage people to say, hey, look, this system is a scam. And, of course, a lot of people that go to court know it. They know it's a scam. They know it's just milking them for money. Um, so it kind of lays it out for them. It lays out the case against taking a plea deal because it shows that 
pretty clear, I think. It shows that if you take the plea deal, it may seem beneficial in the short term, but long term, it makes things worse for you and for everybody because you become somebody in their eyes who is going to pay. You are someone from which they have successfully extracted $400 for that pot that they found on you, and that means they know that the next time they get you for something, you're going to pay that too. So you get a little check mark by your name in their system that says sucker, and uh, (laughs) you know they just... They know you. They will. Pu- they will. They will look you up when they pull you. When they're you know driving behind you, they'll pull up your tag. And oh, this guy was convicted of uh, marijuana uh, possession. Oh, he, we know he's good for another one. So let's pull him over and find right. something else to charge him with. So there's that kind of personal uh, long-term consequence, and then there's also the long, longer-term, wider scope of that this is bad for everybody. If, if everybody takes the plea deal, it means that the government guys don't have to do any work. They don't actually have to prove a case. They don't have to go to right. trial. All they have to do is intimidate people. And if they're successful at intimidating them by saying, you know, we're going to charge, charge you with all these crimes and, oh, don't worry, well, here's the plea deal. All you have to do is plead guilty and then we'll just sentence you to probation and thousand, $1,000 in fines. And don't worry, if you don't have it all at once, you can get on our payment plan. Uh, so yeah, I mean, they've got that for you, too. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the fact that so many people take this plea deal really screws everybody over long term. Right. It doesn't just screw the uh, the, the perpetrator, if, if you will, uh, over. It screws over everyone, the system entirely. Um, you know, the, the innocent person, if they're uh, – you know, so these, these plea bargains don't just stop with marijuana charges. They're, uh, they're in everything from murder on down. And, and so the innocent people, if uh, or excuse me, the victims, if the victims, uh, if if the perpetrator takes a plea, then they obviously didn't get the full force of justice, right? Mm-hmm. So the victim is harmed in that case. Um, the you know when you have the the perpetrator, sometimes they'll take the uh, the plea in order to, uh, you know, they're scared of what's going to happen in court, even if they're not as guilty as they're they're you know they're called, you know they'll they'll pile these charges up on people. That's no good for them. All it's good for the, is the prosecutor, even the cops. I mean, if you're a cop, you want somebody to get the the ju- get justice, and they don't get that. Yeah, if you're a cop, you want to go to court because you get paid overtime too. So cops like it when you take them to trial. I got to talk to the four cops sitting behind us uh, mm-hmm. about um, oath keepers. Thought that I always like that as an introduction to um, as a way to introduce the idea of dialogue, you know, with cops to see kind of where they're coming from. And um, and so I got to do that. I gave each of the four officers a um, a don't take the plea deal. Uh, mm-hmm. brochure, and then was able to speak to another person. And you might uh, as well give it to them, because it's not like they're not going to find it. <laughs> you know, yeah, point. absolutely. Right. And, um, and then I spoke to someone else about the idea that it's not as though I'm against justice. And, you know, because his point was, well, if you don't have a police force, and you don't have a court system. And if you don't have a state, then there's just going to be chaos and people are going to be able to do whatever they want. And and um, crime will ensue and people are going, you know, this this uh, sure common logical, common you know, right. And um, so I got to talk to them about uh, private security and things. So I think for me. I was able to have dialogue with people that I wouldn't normally get a Absolutely. chance to talk to. And that's one, of, that's one of the point I wanted to make was we – this is one of the changes that happened this time out is we had those flyers, those plea deal flyers, mm-hmm. and we – we're out in the lobby, all kinds of victims of the court sitting there waiting to, for their hearings and their trials. And so we're passing them out, you and I and, and Meg, I think yep. a couple other people. We're just passing these things out all on the inside of this courthouse. And so now they want us to come back. 
Well, guess what? We're going to do it again. Right. And so it's a you know disincentive to them instead of just trying to drag everybody in there over and over again, which they have you know all kinds of fun doing. They did mm-hmm. that with Catherine Bleich uh, the last time. You know, now, dragged her up from Texas and then yeah. said, "Oh, we'll have you back." Now, now they're doing. Now they have a disincentive because you're you know the, these are their 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 suckers, their their uh, pigeons. Right. They want to keep them in the dark. Yeah. I wonder um, if we could find out if there are any other wiretapping cases that are going on in that particular district between now and then, and if we could go down and support those people and and educate people on. Um, it's not a bad idea. Jury nullification and plead, you know, something between now and then. It was an hour drive. I don't know how you'd so. find that out. Maybe you'd have to call the de- the uh, the defense attorney or the the mm-hmm. state de- state defenders. That might be a way to figure that out. And at one point, actually, and by the way, I forgot to mention, you can see the video of this. The audio is not so great, but you can hear a good portion of it. You can see the video of Adamo and Pete in court today. Uh, you can go to freekeen.com. It's right there at the top of the page. And at one point, you'll hear me ask the prosecutor, how many of your crimes today or your cases today have uh, real like criminals that actually had a victim? And at first, he didn't want to answer the question, and then he answered it. He had 15 cases total, of which five had, uh, you know, victims. Huh. Yeah, so a whole third. Right. That's a, I'm, I'm surprised. 1-800-259-9231. Well, of course, I didn't, I, you know, we didn't look through his files to see what he meant by victim, right? So who, who really knows? But nonetheless, uh, 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up what you want a little bit about the shooter. And we'll take your calls next in hour number two. This is... When it comes to potential police abuse, the most important place to protect yourself is while driving. FreedomCam.net has a groundbreaking new product that gives you the best all-around protection. The, the GPS, GPS Black, Black Box, Box Dash, Dash Cam. Cam. This easy-to-use unit has video cameras recording all around and inside your vehicle. It also has a built-in microphone and GPS navigation, which records your driving route and speed. For traffic stops, accidents, and all other driving incidents, protect yourself with the ultimate witness at FreedomCam.net. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything you want. Take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. And uh, again, you can join us on the phones, 800-259-9231, to those phone calls. And the fun, we go to Matt, listening in D.C. You're on Free Talk Live on the amp lines. Hello, Matt. Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, I was just, uh, I'm on a road trip. I'm actually from Wisconsin, but uh, I was in uh, New York City the last two days. And it was just, uh, well, I went to visit the Natural History Museum, and I just, it was a glaring, like, perfect example of how, like, security theater is just going on everywhere now. Um, like, when you Did walked you... in the museum, there was uh, two tables, like, on either side. They only had one of the four uh, doors open. And there's two uh, security officers standing there, like, saying, oh, well, please uh, let us search your bags. But, I mean, literally the guy... It took a matter of, like, three seconds. I set my backpack down. He, like, clicked his flashlight on, clicked it off, and just said, okay, go in. Like, they never, they don't even look inside the bags. I mean, you could have had a bag full of bombs and drugs and guns and, like, 
they never would have known. <laughs> I was out in Park City, Utah for the Olympics um, back in 2002, and that was, you know, just a couple months after 9-11. And um, mm-hmm. the lines to get into the events, I mean, now you figure these events, you've paid a minimum of $100 for a ticket for any of the Olympic events, upward to, you know, several thousand dollars it's crazy. And, and it's freezing cold well hey watching johnny mosley do the uh do his little dinner roll was pretty exciting sorry <laughs> but anyway i know what that means <laughs> um he's a mogul skier downhill did it okay. whatever anyway so you're st- it's cold at this point you're standing yeah. in snow upwards of an hour to get through security to have them mm-hmm. look in your purse or your bag or whatever and that was really the first time that i experienced the post 9-11 searches you know, and, and also when you're looking at the, the, the Natural History Museum, you're not going to see a lot of people congregated in a small area except where the, the ticket queue before where they're uh, um, looking to uh, look in your bag. So you buy your ticket queue where they suggest that you pay a certain amount. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, it's one to $16 you can pay. Yeah, you, so th- you have a suggested amount that they w- they would like you to pay. And then you yeah. go through to this wide open area where they uh, then, um, you know, have these tables where you can search. So, you know, anybody who's, you know, studied ballistics understands that when you set a bomb off in a big area mm-hmm. as opposed to a small area, the, the bomb is uh, far less effective in the big area. Mm. And you don't have people stacked up in any particular place because there's all kinds of things to look at um you know there may be there may be some small movie theater in there i think during the uh you know in the area where uh, uh they're they're looking at uh, the different stages of man's development and stuff i think there's a small movie theater in there but um the the best place would honestly be the ticket queue to let off uh, a bomb yeah if anything there was more people congregated at the entrance because it was so slow trying to get in and then there was another security officer standing just past there, telling, yelling at everybody to keep moving, like, from the doorway. But, I mean, they only had one out of the four doorways open, so it was kind of inevitable that people were grouped up there. So uh, anything else you observed on your, your trip worth mentioning? Um, I guess not too much right now. I'm just uh, walking around down by the White House. <laughs> Very good. But, uh, so you're at the White House uh, now, but you were formerly, you, so you had been in, um, in New York, you said? Yeah, and I actually just came from uh, New Hampshire. Uh, visited there for about a week. Met oh, some cool great. people. Fantastic. Well, so, did you enjoy your time up here in New Hampshire? Oh uh, yes, uh, very much. I'm looking. Uh, I might end up spending this uh, summer up there. So. Uh, All right on. Maybe I'll see. You. Yeah. Fantastic, so, man. Thanks for the call tonight. Um, Appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Kenny the Playa right. is on the line right. in Florida. Kenny. <laughs> You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Michelle, and Mark. Jenny, the player in the house. What's up, y'all? Word. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you all listened to the end of the show last night, but I asked the question um, where, whether... Oh, of the ladies and She Talk Live. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm about um, if women wanted a certain kind of man, would they be willing to compete? And and I wanted to remix that question, sort of. Would they be willing and, to compete there? There's, it's already a competition, right? Well, yeah. What do you mean by uh, that? Yeah. What kind of competition are you depends. talking about? Foot race? <laughs> not, not a comp- Not a competition. Um, but it's like I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to put it because guys got to compete for a woman, right? Because it's kind of yeah. like you're sort of like your invisible competition. Because when you're talking about attractive woman, she gets hit on. Dozens of times a day, why should she choose you? 
So you got, you got to compete. I never so, get uh, hit on, and I never get asked out on dates. So hold on. Point of information. You're uh, on the radio, te- Michelle. Technical point, uh, Kenny. They, are you on like? A, they don't know what that means. <laughs> are you on a hands-free device? No, I'm. Okay. Um, I'm on the sidewalk, standing next to the road. That's okay, why. got it. Just curious. Okay. It's a little muffled. Um, that's I, all. It's not. It's not bad though. So go ahead. Okay. Um, the question tonight is: If there are two women that wanted to wanted a certain kind of guy, one of them, one one woman is unattractive. The other is drop dead gorgeous. How could the unattractive woman compete with the gorgeous woman? It's kind of like a question of supply and demand, I guess you could say. I think that your premise is faulty. I think that people think that I'm pretty, and I can count on one hand the number of times I've been asked out on a date in the last 25 years. Well, I think that um, okay. So well, that doesn't answer his question, though. Um, I, I. But he's presuming, though, that the hotties all get asked out, but the uglies don't. I come on. Let's let's be honest. I good, just was honest women, with you. Good-looking, good good-looking women get asked out all the time. They get hit on. They get money thrown at them all the time. I they think it, it, it's women. certain Most ones of them women. do. I think that if they go to the bars and they hang out and they're single and all these other things, that these things tend to uh, work in their favor. But um, so, you know, I'm I, I can I have had this experience. I used to go for the very glamorous sort of made up uh, lots of makeup, uh, you know, expensive clothes kind mm-hmm. of gal at one point. And, uh um, you know, I was reasonably successful in dating um, in the, you know that group. I accidentally ran across my wife, who does not fit that mold. Okay, she's but uh, she's beautiful. She, uh, indeed, I'm just saying she doesn't fit that mold. She's she not an wear, ugly woman. She does not. She is not. I'm, I'm not stating anything like that. I'm saying mm. she doesn't wear the makeup. She doesn't buy the expensive she's not a pearly clothes. girl. How's that shoe leather tasting, what, babe? <laughs> whatever that term is that uh, one wants. She's to not use. high maintenance. Indeed, she's not. Yeah. So I, um, but she would not have been the type of woman that I would have gone for. I'm not saying it's right. a better type or a worse type. Just saying it's a type. Taste change. As you get older, maybe? I don't think that was it. No, no um, I, I, like I said, serendipity. I, I stumbled across her. Uh-huh. I was uh, made her partner in a, uh, a class that I was taking, and um, we were to call each other on a daily basis. And um, it, apparently, the rest of the class really only did this for a week, but we did it for weeks. Hmm. We ended up, you know, sort of talking after class and chatting and that kind of thing. And it just, it ended up after several weeks that I decided, you know, I, I really think that there's some amazing things about this, this gal. I didn't notice her the first few times that I was seated in this class of 10 people. I didn't notice her. I mean, you know, I immediately take stock of all women. You know, I right. rack them up and, and decide, you know, which ones are targets. Uh, that's, that's my MO. Totally do that. And, um, you know, so she wasn't on that radar. So she grew on you, is what you're saying. I think that if she wasn't herself, then uh, I would have never married her because mm-hmm. I, I had no intention of marrying any of these so, uh, women that I ever ever dated. So basically, like, if she had, uh, you, you made the point that if she wasn't, wasn't herself, so if she had caked on makeup and tried to do herself up like one of those... Uh, pearly girls that would not have been even remotely attractive to you i don't think the makeup would have mattered um i don't think the makeup was the issue i mean she is a uh uh, she's a matter of fact kind of person and you know she doesn't uh she doesn't adorn much you were able to look past the frosting and get to the cake i suppose because of this class and i didn't get the cake for months i just (laughs) months Mm -hmm. i was referring to her her soul (laughs) i tell you what kenny i know you got more to say i hope you can you hang on with us 
All right, more with Kenny here in a moment. Uh, I, I turned him down because a lot of phone noise there. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. More about uh, women. And, and if the cake is worth the bake and all kinds of stuff. And uh, we'll get your thoughts as well. They're certainly welcome. So dial in 800-259-9231. What can the less attractive woman do to become more desirable? I suppose that was his question. It's free talk live. Bring up what you want. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Boost Kit Essentials Nutritionally Complete Drink. Providing your picky eater with essential nutrition and great taste in one drink. Visit us at kitessentials.com. To make sure your kids eat healthy, follow the five-a-day plan. Serve three servings of vegetables and two servings of fruit daily. Remember, a serving could just mean a piece of fruit or a half cup of veggies. If your kids are picky eaters, ask a nutritionist about other sources. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want by dialing in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. Don't forget our phone number here tonight, 800-259-9231, especially if you've got a comment on the open question here, which Kenny the Playa called in to ask, and, and that is uh, women. Take one that is, uh, is you know, dolls herself up and is very pretty versus another one that's maybe more plain. What can the, the, the plainer, uh, more plain woman do to become more competitive uh, when it comes to guys versus the, the prettier woman? Love to have your thoughts at 800-259-9231. Intern for Liberty. Make a difference, get experience, and get paid. The Institute for Humane Studies is seeking undergraduate, graduates, and recent graduates for its summer internship program. They have internships in all kinds of journalism, including places like uh, 2020, 60 Minutes, uh, you know, that kind of that kind of level of journalism and public policy, Cato Institute, uh, many other um, recognizable names. The internship includes a generous stipend. That means paycheck, housing assistance, career workshops and training throughout the summer. Visit libertarianinternships.com for more information and sign up to receive updates and reminders. Libertarian Internships. Dot com. You don't want to miss out on this if you're uh, if college age student. So we're talking about dating relationships, uh, people getting together, and what they uh, what they are interested in with one another. And I think that Kenny's question jumps to a conclusion to some extent, and that is that all men are interested in the pearly girl types, the the very pretty dolled up uh, women. That all men are interested in that, and that's demonstrably not true. I mean, there are some men that prefer, uh, you know, maybe maybe more a chubby uh, girl. There are. But let's get real though. Guys that prefer older women that. Uh, in fairness to Kenny, I'm in here today wearing an oversized T-shirt and a pair mm-hmm. of jeans and some guy's boots, no makeup on, didn't comb my hair, and neither you, Ian, nor Mark have remarked that I smell good or that I look nice, and you, Ian, despite the fact that you say that you are, you're not for the girly, girly types, whenever I come in here all dolled up, you're like, oh, you look nice. Yeah, well, you usually you, do fawn all over her. That much is good. true. And and oh, I like those jeans. Yeah, if I say anything pockets, else, I'm just going to be mean... creepy, though. <laughs> well, that's that's how I feel. I mean, I can't compliment Michelle every single day. No, but the fact is, I'm like you know wearing no makeup right now, and you didn't say. Anything. I couldn't tell. I mean, you look fine to me. Oh, let's get back thanks, to the gentleman's Ian. question. <laughs> so, uh, but 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 is it true that uh, that men have different preferences? And I think it jumps to the conclusion that you have to compete as a woman, uh, that you have to compete with the supermodel, uh, pearly girl types. And I don't think that's necessarily. I true. don't think so. 
Uh, Kenny is back with us. Kenny, the player in Florida. Your thoughts, sir? Uh, yeah, I didn't say. Well, I guess I didn't say. Um, I, it's not all men go for the I guess supermodel types, but but come on, let's be real. You know, most guys do. And you no, like the supermodel type, don't you, Kenny? <laughs> of course I do. The supermodel I mean, type with the butt with that bigger booty. I mean, if if we had if we if you had a choice between. Oh, I don't know, Carmen Electro and Roseanne. I mean, what, what do you think those guys are going to choose? Well, I think personality comes into play uh, as well here. And uh, in a lot of cases, the pearly girl uh, types are the ones that are spending their free time uh, trying to you know, read magazines about being pretty and spending their time doing their hair and their makeup. And if they're doing those things, then what kind of intellectual pursuits are they pursuing, if any at all? Kenny, well, do, you really yeah. care? do you really care what kind of intellectual pursuits they, uh, they are pursuing, Kenny? I do, but oh, do you? understand. But understand when you when a guy picks up a girl, he cannot see her personality, he can't see her sense nope. of humor. He can only see what she looks like. That's it. That's true. Mm-hmm. Well, so I just you know I'm not the the guy that goes around picking up women, and I think that's another thing. You know, you are Kenny the playa. You go to clubs. <laughs> you know, you mac with the uh, the women and whatever or whatever it is you do. And some guys don't do that stuff. What is mac? You know how I got that name? I, I was looking on um, an episode of Free Talk Live, and I was looking at the MP3 tags, and there was Kenny DePoya, and I just kind of <laughs> just ran with it. <laughs> Good for you. So, <laughs> okay, so so Kenny, let's get back to this. Um, the com- competition and what can a less than, you know, hot woman do to make herself No, 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 more- not, le- not less than hot. Ugly. Okay. Because average Because average-looking women don't have, really don't have a problem either. I'm talking about... Taco meat face ugly. I don't. Even, I can't even. I can't even ima- picture someone that's that hideous that they would. I just. <laughs> hmm. Okay. So to make them more competitive, what are you thinking that they ought to learn how to cook, Kenny, so that maybe they can make their man a meal? I don't know. I mean, it's, <laughs> He's it's a tough us. question. I say most people don't ask themselves that question. If an ugly woman, how does a, a one compete against a ten? I don't think she can. Okay, now, the woman. The woman who's like a thousand pounds that is looking to have surgery to have her stomach stapled so that she can lose weight. Her husband is a um, an, an irregular average size man, and he's he's attractive. Go That's, figure. You, yes, and what I'm saying does not apply to all women and all men. Mm-hmm. But honestly, we we can all agree situations like those are very few and far in between. Mm-hmm. I I agree with Kenny on this one. There's a science to beauty, and that's the end of the story. You can uh, you can mitigate, you can sidestep, you can go him, and you can haw. But the fact is, there are beautiful women, and there are ugly women. There are beautiful men, and there are ugly men, and that's the end of the and story. Then, and there's only... and you, there's nothing that the one can do to compete against the no, ten. Well, However, there may no, be no, something. No, no, that's not true. With the... men, is different. It's different with men. Uh, I, 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 okay, yes, there's more sliding on the scale for men than there is for women. I'll agree with you on that. But for women, I don't think that they, uh, that the one can compete against the ten. Um, Not and in I, the looks department. And as as Kenny points out, he's right when he points out that that's that's what the first that's that's the first point that people pay attention to unless they're meeting online or something like that. But uh, I do and, think the five can compete against the seven, and the seven can compete against the nine. And personality and uh, other th- other factors. It's not necessarily you know looking pretty. It can be uh, you know the interesting uh, points that she would you know the, the things she's interested in, the things that she talks about, the things that uh, you know that is she funny? Is she a good sense of humor? Does but what attracts me you know as a woman, I really like a man that can make me laugh. Mm-hmm. 
And um, I also uh, like someone who's kind-hearted and has a really strong work ethic. Yeah, because a lot of the the women that are very pretty uh, may not have the best personalities. They may be just bitches. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying they all are, but... I'm a bitch. <laughs> Two. I mean, you know, <laughs> I think we're all bitches. <laughs> I have one. I have one possible solution where one can compete against a ten. How so? And that and that can be. Um, she can be uh, a sugar mama. Lots oh, of money. she has a lot of money. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's true for men, she, If she too. has a lot of money, she can afford to go get some work done, though. All I can speak to is my personal experience on this, and uh, I, I have dated uh, a woman that had a great deal of money, and uh, my experience with her personality was that she was domineering, uh, that she didn't care about me as a person, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, like I didn't want to spend any time with her. How did she look? Uh, she looked fine. Oh, okay. She, you know... So would you say, Mark, that the when you were saying the five can compete with the seven, would you say it's a great personality that really makes the for difference? Me it's per, you know, for, for me, it's uh, personality. Yeah. Anything else you want to share tonight, Kenny? Um, Kenny, no, are you all. good looking? All right. Uh, yes, I am. I'm very good looking. Uh, you got any money? <laughs> yes, I have money. Michelle is going to be asked out. Are you hot? <laughs> nice body? <laughs> Why haven't you asked Michelle out yet? She wants someone to ask her out. Oh, God. You pimp daddy Ian. Jeez. I thought that was... No, she's not. No, I'm not married. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Another reason to come to New Hampshire. I'm reminded that the saying that every woman thinks she's a five and every man thinks he's a ten. I'm not under that delusion. 1-800-259-9231. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80-plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. And please, uh, if you've got a comment, further comment on the question that Kenny asked earlier about women and competition uh, between different types of women and their attractiveness level. Still interested in getting other people's thoughts because certainly our opinions are not the end-all, be-all of uh, that particular spectrum of conversation. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. We're going to continue to take your phone calls about whatever you want here in just a moment. I want to remind you to visit our website at freetalklive.com. We've got listening options live streams broadband and dial-up versions webcam listen lines that allow you to listen via any phone that can dial long distance our free-to-air satellite feed and 87 radio stations from coast to coast that carry the show different times throughout the week go to listen.freetalklive.com to learn more Totasac, it is the uh, one-trip wonder. It's made of completely recycled materials right here in the United States. It is a retail grocery bag carrier. It's this plastic hook, really hard plastic hook that can carry a lot that you use to carry grocery bags, whether the plastic ones from the grocery store or the, the fabric ones you get for recycling. And they make it, it makes it a lot easier to carry the groceries in from the car or from the grocery store to the car or out to the boat, whatever you want to do. The Totasac, it's, uh, you will be so surprised how much your life is edified by having a pair of tota sacks. You can get a family pack that's uh, six of them and give uh, give a couple of uh, you know a couple of pairs away to some friends.
friends at totasac.us. That's T-O-T-A-S-A-K dot U-S. There's no C in totasac. Totasac.us. All right. Let's continue here taking your phone calls about what you want. Matt is listening in Washington on the amp line. Hello, Matt. Hey, guys. How's it going? What's Hi. on your mind tonight, Matt? Uh, not too much. Um, I was uh, coming back last night to the uh, U.S. from Canada. Um, I go to Canada like once every two weeks, um, and uh, this is the first time that I've ever been stopped and actually had to uh, get out of my car uh, coming back to the U.S. What so do they usually do? I um, Generally, you just pull up, and there's a border guard, and he asks some questions. We'll get your passport. Um, I've had my trunk checked once or twice, maybe. So but you're having to show your passport at this history. point, not just your driver's license. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So is um, it? Um, but, which one do you do you find you have more trouble at the Canadian one or the or the Canadian one or the U.S. one? Going or returning? Oh well, um, I would say at first it was Canada because uh, there you don't have the rights of a citizen. So um, I have to answer all their questions. I'm going there, and like my car's been searched twice going to Canada, but. Now I sort of know what answers they want to hear, and I just give them, and now, like, the border guards, like, they, some of them know who I am, even, so. What what um, answers do they want to hear? Um, just things that don't arouse any suspicion and things that don't make you seem nervous. You're not carrying any fruits and vegetables, no, you don't have any guns in the car, and you have not taken any bags or luggage that are mysterious packages from one place to another? Kind of thing, right? Yeah, it's, it's basically best to say no. I think in all cases, like um, when I got up on Friday, um, I think the uh, lady who was working asked if I had any alcohol, and I did have a bottle of wine in the trunk, but uh, I just said no because I knew she wouldn't search then. So hmm. that was a risk, but um, I think it worked out though. But this is the first time that I've ever been coming back to the U.S. and actually been stopped and searched, and. Uh, it's just uh, just wanted to give people a warning. I mean, it's, um, like I got there last night, and it's a it's a pretty busy border crossing usually, but it was like after midnight, and there was only one other car there, it was super empty, and uh, the guy said I was being stopped for some sort of uh, random screening. He asked me to pull over to the side what and was wait the time? for the guard to come out. What was the time? What time was it? It was probably about twelve thirty, maybe maybe even one o'clock in the morning. It was, okay. it, was it was very late. There was no one there. Mm-hmm. Totally dead. Um, so he told me to go. Uh, pull off to the side, and then a guard would come out and talk to me. Uh, so I so I pulled over and waited for five minutes, and no one came out. And I was thinking, did I pull to the right area? So I turned the car back on and sort of inched forward a couple feet, and immediately two guards came out of the building and told me to stop and back up. Mm. And then they asked me to come in the building. So when I went into the building, um, there were three people that looked like guards and one guy who looked like a boss and no one else inside the building and just totally empty. So right there, that's all that salary just being paid to people to do nothing, which, well, I guess nothing's better than something in this case. But um, So would you say, just before you go on with the story, would you say that your odds have been better? Do you normally go during the day? Do you normally go during busier times? Do you feel like you were targeted because there just wasn't much going on or you frequently make make trips where there's not much going on? Um, Yeah, when I'm coming back, it usually is around this time. Okay. Uh, right. But this this time it was, like, exceptionally dead. Usually it's a line of a couple of cars, and this time it was just one other car. All right. So continue your so story. That, You're that, inside. That's part of the problem. Yeah. So um, I walk up. Um, there's this uh, guard that sort of gruffly just uh, come over here or something like that. So I wonder if I started talking to him, and he asked uh, how long I had been in Canada, the purpose of my visit, you know, the typical questions. 
um, then he asked um, what I uh, do for work, and I said, I'm a writer. And he said, what kind of writing? And I didn't feel like that was a relevant penthouse letters to Go ahead. visiting Canada. So <laughs> I said, I'm not going to answer that. Oh. And he said, um, why are you not going to answer it? I said, it's not relevant. And he said, well, you can either answer it or you can go sit over there in the corner until you feel like answering it. <laughs> right, oh, you've got to be kidding. Um, I decide what's relative citizen. <laughs> right, right. So I just, you know, said that, that had nothing to do with why I was in Canada or why I was coming back to the U.S. now and I was going to answer it. And at that point, there's another border guard who piped in and said, you need to go sit down. And I sort of kept arguing. And then one other border guard, in a sort of probably the nicest tone of the three, told me that it would be best to answer, and I said I wasn't going to answer. So uh, now, now with three of them yelling at me, I did go over and sit down in the timeout area and just... Matt, for Matt was this... Did they give you a dunce cap while uh, you were in the corner? <laughs> but Matt, was this, was this immigration, or was this... Um, could, could you tell who the border agents were? Because... A, a while back, we reported about the the agents in uh, the on the border of Mexico being uh, DHS agents and um, well, they're all DHS. They're, well, they're well, border patrol, which is a subsidiary or whatever of DHS. But it used to be that there was um, the immigration patrol, and, and it was, then customs. Uh, yeah, it was a little a little different. I see. Yeah, I'm not totally sure, but I want to say that the, that the one guy's hat might have said like C H I P or something like that. Hmm. hmm. What is that? Um, but I think it's usually just like DHS people or something. I don't think it's ICE. Maybe is that what you're asking about? Like the immigration's customs. Yeah, she's wondering which bureaucracy it was. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or whether yeah, or not there were so, any um, military personnel there as well. Uh, no, no. I mean, it, it was it was very very empty. It's just just some people that were in like black jumpsuits and baseball right. caps. So you went over and you you went over and sat in the corner. Yeah, and and I I sat there and I just wouldn't look at them. It was really oh, and also at this point you have my passport, so I I couldn't leave, so I had to sit there. Right. Um. And after about five minutes of just nothing happening, he called me back over. That's pretty good, and, really. I mean, they could have left you there for hours. Um. So that's that's actually pretty good news. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think I would have let that happen. I probably would have gone back over and said something, but I he called me back not over that would have and um gone well for you. But that's, <laughs> I'm not. I, I'm not entirely sure that would have gone well for you. Yeah, maybe not. Well, and that's sort of where the story's going. So yeah. um, he he um, didn't call me back over, and he didn't ask the question again. He just said, um, "I would uh, would uh, need to have your keys at this point. I'm going to search your car." And I said, "Okay, well, I'd like to be present during the search." And he said, "No, that's not allowed." <laughs> um, so I said, "Well, that's what that that's what's happened in Canada before. I've been allowed to watch them search the car." And he said, "Well, why would you want to search? Like, why would you want to see me search your car?" And I said, "Well, number one, it's my property, and number two, you could plant something." And he said, "Well, why would I plant something?" <laughs> and I just looked at him and said, "Like, really? Do you want me to answer that?" <laughs> um, so then, maybe again, because he doesn't like you because you didn't answer his questions. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I should have said, looking back on something like, "You're on that side of the desk. I'm on this side of the desk." I think that's reason enough. You're not on the same team that I am. Um, but I, I, I didn't say that. I was flustered, and um, I asked them if they had a warrant, and they said they didn't need a warrant because the Supreme Court determined that the Fourth Amendment doesn't apply at a border crossing. Right. Yeah, that's true, as far as I can tell. Yeah.
I'll tell you what, so it, it, there's more to your story, yes? I was not posted saying that, so... Well, you should have read the law. You should know. You should read all the laws. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what. Hang on. You got more to the story, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. More with Matt here in a moment. Your calls as well. Welcome at 800-259-9231. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything. Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy the program, you can become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money in and reinvest it into the show, uh, getting on more radio stations across the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. And you get perks, too, as an amplifier. You get access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only forum, and podcast and more. Go get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. Get signed up uh, with any major credit card, PayPal, or some other options. That's amp.freetalklive.com. How about a cruise to Bermuda? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water. There'll certainly be some speeches and some debates. It's an unconference, though, where the event's what you want to make of it. There'll be plenty of free time to enjoy what's on the boat. They have an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, gambling, lots of stuff. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November, but you need to reserve your berth now because you can't guarantee that these rates are going to continue as they are. As a matter of fact, they're likely to change. Uh, $535 double occupancy. It's incredibly low Such rate. a great price. It's a great price. Uh, cruise.freetalklive.com Do it today. Cruise.freetalklive.com Alright, so 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. We've got Matt on the line in Washington telling us about his recent experience at the border as he's been crossing back and forth every couple of weeks on a regular basis for a while and this was the first time that they've really searched you. Uh, they pulled you out of your car. You were pulled over to a secondary search. Uh, they took you into the office. They made you sit in the corner uh, it was just it's just been ludicrous so far. And you didn't want to answer a question about what they asked you what you do for a living. You told them you were a writer. They asked you what you write about. You refused to answer that question. And that's why they made you sit in the corner for five minutes, uh, which you know, that, my parents used that tactic with me when I was growing up. So uh, it didn't work for you either. You wanted to. Te- no, it worked pretty well, actually. You wanted to tell the rest of your story. So go ahead, Matt. Oh, right. Yeah. So uh, after I got to come out of the uh, timeout area, after I cooled my jets, um, they called me back over, and he didn't re-ask the question about what kind of writing I did, so it obviously wasn't relevant, you know, by, by the very nature of him not asking it again. And uh, like I said, he, he asked for my keys to search my car, and I said I wanted to be present for it, and they refused. And I said, uh, do you have a warrant? And they still um, said that wasn't important because it was a border zone. So at this point, there were three border guards who were all essentially yelling at me to give them my keys, and I said I wouldn't do it. 
um, and I was just going to go back and you know sit in time out again, or ask if I could go back to Canada because I have a lot of friends in Canada. It wouldn't be hard to find a place to stay for the night. Sometimes. Yeah, and yeah, you'd think um, you'd think that if you were tr- attempting to cross, that you should be able, like you know, you should have the choice of doing jumping jacks in the middle of uh, the the winter or whatever, whatever absurd, stupid things they have you want to, do, or just leave. I mean, that should be the other option, right? Yeah, although I've got a feeling it's probably like. Um, the uh, guy who had the uh, John Tyner guy, where like once you enter into the process, oh, I, I, you I'm can't sure. opt out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, By the way, I heard John Tyner is looking at property in New Hampshire. Yeah, th- this happened to me going into Canada. Um, by the way, they uh, um, when I went in, they they said that you you can't come here. All right, I'll see you later. Oh no, you can't leave now. <laughs> then they locked me up for the night, and then had a magistrate kick me out in the morning. Oh well, that's. Uh... A lot worse than what happened to me, but so they so, wanted yeah, to search your car, out. right? They wanted to search your car. You wanted to watch them search, and that's why you weren't handing over your keys because they didn't want you yeah, to watch. Yeah, and and I mean, I'd even said, okay, well, how about I can watch through the window just to make sure they were going to plant something in the car. It seems reasonable. And going to Canada, they've let me walk through the window before, and it's been a gross feeling, but at least I've been able to watch my property. Um, but they wouldn't do that, so uh, there was. Some sort of impasse had been reached, and at that point, for the first time, the guy who was the boss man walked over, and he, he asked the guards what was going on. And they explained, and he looked at me, and he said, okay, you can either give them the keys and let them search your car, or I will put you in handcuffs and put you in a cell, and then I'll take your keys and we'll search the car. And where was your camera during this whole time? I I don't have a quick camera. That that's sort of, when actually that that could get you in trouble because there's a there's like a lot of signs saying like you can't have a cell phone or things like that. So I guess if you don't get caught with it, it would be okay. But if they do catch you, it probably would be a lot worse for you. Mm. Yeah, I can tell you that uh, I, I I try to keep a uh, little surreptitious camera on me at all times. Um, you know, I I'd, I'd rather have this evidence at some kind of trial than uh, um, you know because they're going to lie. That's I, I you know that's that's what these uh, you know law enforcement agents are trained to do, and they're not going to make themselves look like oh well I you know I I was uh, an overbearing jerk. They're going to lie. Yeah, yeah, I'm, you guys are right. I guess I should get one, but. You may very well change your mind after this, uh, the, this, this incident, so, uh, you know. All right, so what else? So he made yeah. this ultimate threat to you, and then what? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I wasn't going to go sit in a jail cell handcuffed. Uh, that just didn't seem reasonable. So no. I said, okay, well, I'll give you the keys, but I want the names of everyone who's working here right now so huh. I can complain Good when job. I get home. Good job. Yeah, and so the boss man guy said, okay, yeah, sure, I'll give you my name, just you give us the keys. So I sort of... Uh, tossed the keys at them and uh, went and sat down, and two of them went out very eagerly um, to mm. uh, search the car, I guess. And they, they came back in within like a minute, and that's pretty fast. Like in Canada, when they searched, it's taken like five or ten minutes at least. Um, so I think it was just a power game. Yeah, that's they what it sounds like. Came back in. Yeah. It's cold and out there. The they don't want to be searching. I walked over, and uh, he actually did give me his name and number. And they gave me back the keys, and they did some stupid spiel about, thank you for your cooperation. Yeah. And uh, I just turned and walked out because it was really offensive. But um, Cooperation so usually question, entails voluntary consent. Uh, if you're threatened, <laughs> then it's not really, I don't think it, it, cooperation, I don't know if it's the right word. Yeah. Right, yeah. That was the thing that, that they really kind of ticked me off later was it's like uh, they 
don't actually argue with you. They, they just use force against you. So it, 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 yep. it totally changes the... Oh, they don't have to use persuasion. They don't have to use logic. Uh, they can just threaten. Hey, thanks for the call mm-hmm. tonight. I appreciate it, Matt, and uh, glad you didn't get put in a cage. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I mean, it's the truth. You you go through the border and you are at their mercy. They will do what they want with you. But when I was a kid, you know, I went on this great trip uh, for uh, 1976, the Bicentennial, the celebration of, of um, the Bicentennial. And, and I was living on the West Coast and my dad took us up to from Seattle. We got on a train and then went through Canada where... The United States was boycotting the Olympics or Russia was boycotting or USSR was boycotting that year or whatever. So, you know, the Olympics in Montreal, that was cool. And we went back and went visited all the 13 original colonies. And it was this really awesome trip. And and um, going up and, and through Canada seemed to me as an eight-year-old as an extension of like just my home or something. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like you didn't, I didn't get the border like, idea. No, not at all. And um, it wasn't a big deal. And it wasn't even a big deal. No, we it were... wasn't a big deal crossing the border back no, then either. Not at all. So, um, you so I think it drove sad. through, you showed them your driver's license, off you went. Right. Now, now it's an excuse to do whatever they want. The WikiLeaks uh, guy here in the United States, I'm not talking about Julian Assange. I don't know this guy's name, but, uh, um, you know, the, basically their man on the ground in the United States. When he went through the Border Patrol, they took his laptop and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, uh, you know, crazy. they can do whatever they want. Let's talk to Bob, listening in Kentucky. Bob, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Michelle, and Mark. Hello. Hey, Bob, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, I was listening. To, I hear you have a new host. Michelle's been with us for uh, a, a few, few months now, I think. Yeah. Hello. Oh, I have been listening that long, but uh, how are you doing? Welcome, sir. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, I was noticing uh, the uh, thing about uh, perceiving the difference between the aesthetics, apparently, of women. Mm-hmm, sure. And uh, I'm kind of trying to figure how it is that you don't he seemed to be able to perceive the difference between the races. I don't really understand what you're saying there, sir. You understand what races are. Yes. I think race is an, is an idea, and I think that uh, people have different skin pigmentation and different features that may have something to do with geographic uh, regions of origination. And I, sir, do not distinguish between races at all. I think that there's one race, and that's the human race. The human race. race. Thank yeah. you, Michelle. Your husband was uh, of Arabic descent, right? Yeah. Ex-husband, I should say. Yeah. But uh, anyway, you seem to be breaking it down even by, you know, the fives can compete against the sevens and the sevens against the nines and all that. What's but your you point? can't tell any difference between the races. I can tell the difference between races. I just don't think that it's, uh, you know, it's it's necessarily fair to try to do that. Sometimes uh, some some people who are from India can look like they're a black person. Why should I j- try to jump to that conclusion that they're black? Are you talking about vanilla, strawberry, and chocolate? I'm strawberry with a little bit of honey. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Bob. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Yeah, not going to entertain the uh, the racist any further than that. Hour three's next. You can take you just control. Jump into conclusions. You know, uh, we've heard from him before. I'm pretty sure. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Hour three's next. You take control. It's free. What if the key to achieving liberty in your lifetime was to move together with others who think like you? Liberty activists are joining the Free State Project, which is over halfway to its goal of twenty thousand participants, and they're already making the move to New Hampshire. 
the successes are piling up and are proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. From demonstrations and vigils to outreach and volunteering, there's a lot going on in Keene. Keene is also the undisputed Liberty Media capital of the world, with television, talk radio, newsprint, and more, all originating here. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, the busiest Liberty Forum in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have there completely free. So head on over there, freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. 800-259-9231 to the phones. And the fun, we talked to Scott in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Scott. Uh, hello, uh... Mark, oh, Michelle, and Ian, how are two you? Two bigoted callers Hi. right in a row. Uh, we had ding, uh, ding, ding. we had Bob in Kentucky last hour. Go ahead, Scott. You know, uh, I uh, want to say that uh, uh, Jared Lee Lofner is 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 the villain in, in all of this. I'm not disputing that. Really, uh, he's, he's I figured going... you'd think he was a hero. I did not say that. I said he's the villain. He's the villain in this, but he's going to be a martyr. Uh, along with the, she's going to join the ranks of Timothy McVeigh, the Oklahoma City bomber. But didn't you didn't you support a race war? I mean, wasn't it well, like last week? You were talking- if I could finish, let me. Uh, I uh, hmm. when you uh, when you murder a nine year old little girl, uh, she was a, a baby basically. A child. What if she was a Jew though, Scott? I mean, you don't like you don't like Jewish people. Would, uh, would I like- don't. Uh, that's not my style. Oh, and well, how old would it be? Uh, like, no. so was I it all right that he, he killed the other five people, but not the no, nine-year-old no, girl? No, no, I said that he did it in an extremely ruthless uh, uh, way. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Koresh, do you remember that name? Sure, of the course. Branch sure. Deridians, the Waco, Texas. Mm-hmm. I want to just discuss that for a moment. The U.S. government, particularly the FBI, had no reason. They called in bulldozers, uh, uh, snipers. They murdered, essentially, they massacred 50 innocent women and children. Uh, and uh, they, bur- they, they, they uh, called in tanks and everything. Oh, it's horrible what they did. And, and Randy Weaver uh, at Ruby Ridge mm-hmm. uh, in, in Idaho, the shootout uh, where he was just basically uh, uh, standing up for his gun rights. They persecuted him. Yep. Ted Kaczynski. What I'm saying is all of these people that I've named to you, are, are anti-government... Uh, well, Ted Kaczynski actually allegedly bombed people, right? I mean, that was right, the Unabomber. that's right. That's, 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 he's all... not even in the same category as uh, David Koresh or Randy Weaver. Well, he is in, the way, in, 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 this, in this way, that they're all anti-government uh, figures. They all are against the U.S. government. And that's my point. As incoherent as Jared Lee Loeffner is, in, in a nutshell, he hated the, the government, or he had gripes against the government. Well, he had some he had some claims that he said, you know, no, I I won't pay debt with the currency that's not backed by gold and silver. No, I won't trust in God. And he had some he had some uh, quips that have been quoted and everything like that. But I is he being characterized as an anti-government assassin in this case that he was he was acting on 
Well, he had the yeah. Communist Manifesto in his favorite books uh, in his reading list, so maybe he was anti this government, but he wanted to have his own government. It sounded sounded to me like he was. I I didn't read a single uh, sentence from the guy that was coherent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, those sentences you just cited, uh, Michelle, I don't know where they're coming from, but uh, the, his his writings on his YouTube channel were completely babbling nonsense. But what I'm saying is that the U.S. government uh, is 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 evil, and it's evil in the sense that 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 a Federal Reserve prints up trillions of dollars, is choking, is choking off the purse strings in this country, waging useless wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, which are butchering our young men, sending them to Walter Reed Army Hospital as amputees, and if they don't come home as amputees, they come home in body bags. And uh, uh, Democrats and Republicans that do nothing for this country but line their own pockets with money and power and prestige. They, let's not be, let's be honest here. They don't give a damn about the people. They don't care about us. So I don't know. Maybe maybe they do. Maybe they don't. I think they have a terrible system for uh, for attempting to you know trying to trying to assume what they they feel is is difficult business because you don't know. But I think that you're right that they uh, they go about it in a way that just simply doesn't work. And then you have George Soros, who's been playing games with Acorn and manipulating money. Now I know you're going to say, well. I, I am going to use it. It is a Zionist-occupied government. And you're going to say to me, there he goes with the Jews there again. He goes but again. But there he goes again. There he goes with the Jews. But that's so, how I see it. What, well, what, okay, I so, know that's how you see right, it. And you see it through this really skewed uh, perspective that ignores human human beings just being people and being different and that people in search of power exist in all different uh, racial mix-ups. Can I ask you a question? If you, you were did. Goldman Sachs and Bear Stearns, and George Soros, and they have a stranglehold on our on Wall Street. And you have the American Israel Public Affairs Committee has a stranglehold on our U.S. foreign policy, and our boys are being sent to their death in these useless and, as I repeat, useless wars. In boys Iraq, and girls, and, men and women, men and women, mm-hmm. and they're and, 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 and you may say, well, who does the wars benefit? They benefit the Zionist state of Israel. It's a I don't know about that. I know they benefit the. Uh, I know they benefit the military-industrial complex. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's yeah. not necessarily any kind of Jewish thing. It's a, it's a, organizations run by various different people. Many of them may call themselves Christians. Now, uh, so to to kind of put that aside, you've called before and suggested the idea that you believe there's this race war coming. That uh, I it's going to be the race. blacks versus yeah. the whites versus the Jews and all, so on and so forth. So I'm just wondering, do you feel like this was the first shot in that uh, race war? And why, and why don't you consider the, uh, the, the killer, this madman, a hero? I mean, didn't he shoot a Jewish congressperson? No, I know you're going to say that. Uh, no, I, I, when I mean race war, I mean when, when we're in a depression, and it's going to get deeper than what it is, okay. and people are losing their homes, and they can't eat, and they have no jobs. And 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 and, and Goldman Sachs and Bear oh, Stearns. and there are going to be people like you that point and say it's the fault of the Mexicans, just like there were people in Nazi Germany that said to the Germans, it's the fault of the Jews that you've lost your job. But where well, does the war come in, Scott? When things disintegrate that bad, and it hasn't gotten there yet, but mark my words, it's going to. Then, this country has is, is, is got very big trouble ahead. Uh, the, the, the economic-wise, wars waging, uh, more 9-11s could, uh, 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 from overseas. 
and and uh, it, it's like a tinderbox. That's what I'm. At what to point? Tell you. At what point do you think that it'll be appropriate to just start killing folks because of the color of their skin? No, I, I, no, no. You're being sarcastic. Well, wait. Me. What is what does a race war mean? I no, guess I don't understand no. what it, if, when if, you say race war. Maybe you, I should phrase it as the haves and the have-nots. Oh, so now it's going to be economic. Isn't that what uh, we were talking about before? I don't remember who it was. It was Johnson or you, Mark, or somebody on the on the show suggested that if there is going to be some, maybe it was JJ actually, uh, that if it was going to be some sort of breakdown, it would make more sense if it were economic, you know, poor versus rich. We're already, we're already in a class war. You know that. It hasn't intensified to the point of a revolution, but it may. If this country continues to disintegrate, shipping millions of jobs overseas, people cannot pay their bills, lose their homes, okay. wars that bankrupt this nation, this nation is on its way out. You are very frustrated, Scott, and I and I can hear that. In more that. ways than one. And I, <laughs> I'm well, frustrated and I'm afraid... And I hate our government for what it's done well, to this that's, nation. Well, it's a, it's a shame. You have a lot of hate in your heart, Scott. We know that. We've talked to you uh, for a lot over the years. Go ahead, Michelle. Well, thoughts. yeah. So so I'm sorry to hear of, you know, maybe you have your own personal frustrations with this economic uh, condition that the United yes. States is finding itself in. But I just think that um, that you might want to tone it down a little bit and stop blaming everyone else out there. I, I want to leave with one thought, and then I want to go. I find frustration, and I won't vote anymore. I will not vote. I would rather go and count, count the stars in the sky than to vote. I will, I will not vote. It's a waste of my time. It's a waste of my intelligence. I okay. will not pledge allegiance to the flag because I'm not going to pledge an allegiance that has CIA directives to murder government officials all over the world, have <laughs> our men being blown up in useless wars. I'm not going to military industrial complex. And you are free to not vote and you are free to not say the Pledge of Allegiance. So I, I commend you for exercising and uh, your freedom. And One I thing I want to ask you before I go, you said in the beginning of your program, you did not want to, you did not stand. There were people that did not stand for this judge that came in. Correct. Uh, I, you have the, does a person have the right to do that in a court of law? Of course. Oh, I, a, a right? Um, no, no. <laughs> okay. So uh, I, I, I don't know that the judge is going to recognize your right. They you may get thrown well, in a cage. Yeah, they could very well decide that that's contempt of court. Um, by you know, I think it is your human right not to stand for somebody if that's what you wish to do. However, you know, will the government recognize that right's really the issue? Thanks for the call tonight, Scott. I appreciate it. Uh, nice to hear him back away from the race war idea at the very least. And maybe he'll find out that uh, one of these days that all human beings are just human beings. It doesn't matter what color of their skin or where they were born or what their gender is. Or what their religion is. 800-259-9231. You take control. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. 
features there are completely free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it is Ian. Michelle. And Mark. Uh, so you can dial in 800-259-9231. The issue of this maniac, Jared Lofner has come up here tonight. And it's a good thing because we were going to address it anyway. Uh, Mark, I know that you had uh, an update on what the government people are planning to do to respond to this because whenever somebody does something violent uh there's always a new law that needs to be passed because well if we just had more laws then this this young man never would have gotten his hands on a gun and would have just blasted away at a crowd of people no he never would have done that especially high profile violence um you know this this seems to be getting more profile because well he got himself a a, a house politician a, a representative and a, a judge very important mm-hmm. stuff you know so the media would have you believe. Uh, it seems to me that human beings are human beings, and their lives should not be taken at, uh, in this way at all. I know. It's ludicrous. I'm um, just saying. But yeah, you're right. I mean, that's what you hear all over the media is, oh, our poor representative and the nine-year-old girl. They are focusing on that. But who are the other uh, people? What's her name? The, the nine-year-old girl? And nobody knows. Mm. They just Good say point. nine-year-old girl. Yeah. I don't know that if they can even report it or not, but they're not saying it anywhere. By know- the way, Michelle saw something, uh, a video, I guess, the interview of her father, the nine-year-old girl's father, and uh, he had something interesting to say. Isn't that right, Michelle? Yes. His name is John Green, and the uh, little girl's name was Christina. There you go. Christ- yeah. Christina Green? Yes, but um, I actually had to kind of go and look for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. That's, the, that's the thing. You do have to go look for this because, you know, they will focus on the fact that they got a nine-year-old, uh, a nine-year-old, but they're going to talk about the representative and the judge more than anybody because these are the people that are really important. And what about the four others? Well, actually, yes. I mean, that was that was the case when we were sitting, um, we were having a drink the other night, Ian, and, and, um, and up on the screen in the bar we were at, uh, all it showed was was the congresswoman and um and didn't even mention the little girl at the time but um there's a video going around youtube right now uh about that's done with the father actually and um i saw it from i think campaign for liberty actually put it out and that is an interview with him saying that despite the fact that his beautiful little girl is with his family the family no more he in no way wants to see any rights of any gun owners or potential gun owners infringed upon because of this that it was not in fact guns that killed his daughter but a madman and no um, amount of laws can make madmen go away and he referenced or keep them from getting guns yeah his daughter was actually born on september 11th and um and uh he said you know that he is a he's a traveler and can the restrictions that are placed upon him and other people as a result of he's tired of it the 9-11 yeah he doesn't want anything to do with that and doesn't want to see more legislation on account of you know he's not going to get any press time (laughs) well the legislation has been proposed and mark you're going to tell us something about it here in a moment but first we go into the phones and we'll talk to helen who's listening to wnyy in ithaca hello helen hi hi there hey what's on your mind tonight Um, all right i just wanted to say that um i don't don't know you have some past relationship with this Gentleman, I think his name is Scott. He's Scott called. the bigot. Yeah, he's a he's a one time chronic caller. He stopped calling for a while, and now he's back uh, calling the show. All right. Well, I think he made a legitimate point here that um, because actually today um, Netanyahu, you 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 know who he is? He's the prime minister of Israel. Yep. All right. They're, they've demolished this uh, Palestinian hotel, which is for, like, Christian Palestinians in Jerusalem. It was called the Shepherd's Hotel because they want to put up an apartment building 
for um, you know Israelis. And I think that we are there. That's why I agree with him. Um, we, are we are where? We are where? We are. I'm in, in Keene, New Hampshire. Okay. No, we meaning the government. Not oh, me. I'm not the government. The U.S. The US government? Okay. Yeah, the U.S. government is, right. in, is in Israel because we want to No, control. no, no. You keep saying we <laughs> and, and, and what Ian and Mark and I are telling you is that we the three of us are not part of that we. Okay, well, it's good. I, I lived in France for five years, and I, you know, and I'm also could, I'm an Irish citizen. So, so the United States system. government is in Israel. Yes. Okay. For for selfish interests, for oil yep. interests, yep. and uh, and that's why they are doing what they're doing. And we've got a lot of uh, very pro- uh, progressive Jewish people, like Amy Goodman, yep. Noam Chomsky. Uh-huh. Uh, oh my God! I can't believe I can't remember his name because he's like my great hero. Uh, the I, guy that wrote the People's History of the United States. Shoot, yeah. I don't know that one. Oh, John, okay. uh, the, the TV guy, the guy that does the TV show. John Stossel. No, he's, no, no. no he's not a TV guy. He was no. a professor at MIT. Uh, all okay. right. So uh, let, let me sum up here real quick before we go on. Um, like, there's a difference between hey. hating Jews because they're Jews and and no, not no, liking. No, 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 no. Jews. Right. Uh, the, the well, people I just but Scott does. They're all Jews, okay? Right, but the guy you were calling Scott, about, Scott does Scott hate does. them. And, um, he does? Well, I don't know this guy. Right, I know you don't. And I, I'm just pointing out that there's a difference between disliking what the, uh, the, the Israeli government does, and I do, but... I'll tell you, I probably wouldn't like what the Palestinian government would do if they were in the shoes of the Israeli government. And the Israel government was in the shoes of the Palestinian government. Um, you know, I well, well, government suck. Speculation. It's absolutely speculation. Never, absolutely. Yeah, they've but, never they've never had a chance. They're totally powerless. Well, the the so, idea of a just government kind of flies in the face. I mean, to me, it's an oxymoron. But um, I understand what you're saying. The Isra- the Israeli government has done some horrifying things over there. Yeah, a lot of them. Yahoo is a man. In my I, I, I would not disagree with you. The, the Likud party, as far as I'm concerned, are uh, the, the war party over there. I have nothing nice to say about them. But um, the, there's a difference between talking about the uh, the foreign policy of Israel and the foreign policy of the United States, the, the, the intertwining of the two, we, and I don't like it. Yeah, the intertwining of the two is the problem. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. The United States government should not give one single penny to another government out there, and that would be first and foremost in my mind— uh, Israel. Yeah, and just today they're destroying this uh, religious hotel uh, to make it an apartment for taking it away from the Palestinians. They keep doing that. They keep on running over people's houses and uh, building up new settlements, is what they call them. And it's, uh, you know, it it gives ammo to people like Scott. Bulldozed your house and then put up a new settlement. That's not a good thing. And and it gives ammo to people like Scott. Those kinds of actions where the U.S. government takes one side over another side. And it's, I agree with you, Mark. First of all, I don't think the U.S. government should exist. uh, But if they are going to exist, they certainly shouldn't be sending money to uh, to any any other governments around the world. Let individuals decide if they want to get involved in conflicts, if they want to uh, send their money to one side or another. But Please don't take my money by force from me and then put me, uh, my money into play in these matters. And look at how the government... It's all about oil. It's all about oil. Mm -hmm. Well, if you look at how the government has created these these wars, and in fact, the government has created the wars, and then I will say in this case, we, the people that are under the... the, the national title of American citizens or whatever are told that 
so-and-sos to be our, our uh, enemy. So the Taliban's our, our friend one day, and then they're our enemy the other day, and, mm. and uh, it's awful. Hey, Helen, thanks for the call and the thoughts. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 1-800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. The phone lines are open for you to take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Tonight, it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. And don't forget, one of the features on our site is our webcam. You can go and watch and listen to the show and... Chat at the same time. The chat room is built into the same page. Uh, go to cam.freetalklive.com to do all that and do it for free. That's cam.freetalklive.com. It's brought to you by Memory Dealers. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, XFPs, GBICs, Zenpacks, and X2s. They're all 100% compatible with all the major networking equipment manufacturers at up to 99% off of list price. So... That's a lot cheaper than the other optical transceivers. They also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. You need optical transceivers. MemoryDealers.com is the place to go. In stock, ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com. By the way, Mark, you mentioned the Toto Sack earlier tonight. Uh, are we doing a giveaway on that? If you'd like. All right, we should do that. Coming up, your chance to win a two-pack of the Toto Sack. Stay tuned for that opportunity. As we continue here, 800 259 9231. So, talking about the maniac, uh, Jared Loffner, who has over the weekend slaughtered uh, multiple people and uh, wounded a, a, whole, a whole bunch more. Uh, we dug deep into that, uh, finding his YouTube channel last uh, this past weekend and kind of looking into who this guy was. He was crazy. I mean, just all out nuts. Uh, clearly, you've got to be crazy to do something like what he did. But you'd think that's you know, there's a range of crazy, right? Like some people are crazy and can still put sentences together. S- this guy, not so great at putting sentences together. And the weird thing was he had a real thing for grammar. He claimed he studied grammar at school and like his he one of his couldn't write a single coherent sentence. Right. One of his big issues was that he wanted people to to get grammar correct, and he wasn't even close. Well, and he actually complained that. The United States government has taken over the grammar, and I mean, it was just kind of weird. Yeah, the guy is totally uh, crazy. Yeah, helicopters following him, and so now there is a proposal, at least one proposal on the table, Mark, that is going to, uh, I guess, increase the security around the government uh, people, the so-called representatives. And right, right. Well, you know, seven people die. One of them is a representative, and they've got to pass a law about that, mm. not about other people and trying to prevent them from getting Is it killed. seven dead now? I thought it was six. But I don't know. What okay. the, I'm just, and I, some I, in intensive care still. Hmm. I, didn't stu- I didn't study this. I don't know exactly how many people have been shot or killed or anything like that. I know well, that the it's, Brady it's tragedy. Bill, the Brady Bill came out of uh, what, President Reagan being shot, right? Right. 
All right. So now what do they want to do? Representative Robert Brady, Democrat, oh, Pennsylvania. Another Brady. Yep, reportedly plans to introduce legislation that would make it a federal crime to use language or symbols that could be perceived as threatening or inciting violence against a federal officer or member of Congress. Brady told CNN that he wants federal lawmakers and officials to have the same protections against threat currently provided to the president. Actually, that's already in place under the Homeland Security Act. And I know that because my brother has two felony counts against him for threatening a public official. There you go. His call comes. Well, maybe they want to make it more serious. (laughs) Okay. He comes one day. Well, what's stupid after this, uh, what's stupid about this is. This guy didn't threaten uh, Gabrielle Giffords, right? I don't know. I don't well, I mean, if you consider walking up to her with a gun pointed at her head threatening, I suppose. But I, I know think that found... the pulling of the trigger was probably the worst part of this. You may be right, Mark. I, I'm not positive, but I, I did hear that they'd found a letter from Ms. Giffords to him at his home thanking him for his interest or something like that. So it's... so he wrote a letter to the, uh, the campaign office. I've written yeah. letters to campaign offices. That does not mean that he threatened her. No, I didn't say it meant that. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know, that's, you're, you're, it's I have not heard that he has threatened her. He didn't threaten her. Yeah. So this law is to prevent people from getting threatened when, you know, this isn't even trying to shut the barn door after the horse got out. (laughs) This is shutting the door of a different barn after the horse got out. Well, they probably, that's a good point. And they probably do get threats on a fairly frequent basis. These people, these so-called representatives, they anger a lot of folks on both, you know, from both sides. They use violence in the course of their job. Of course they do. They do. They are associated with the government and the government's only tool is violence and the threat of, and the threat thereof. And uh, they're the lawmakers. They're the ones that actually put these laws into effect that uh, take people's wealth and time and energy and force them to do things. And they're so arrogant to think that they ought to be, uh, you know, privileged in so many ways. I mean, well, this is the only way that they can operate. Look, if, if they had to operate in a fashion where they were not protected to a higher extent, they absolutely would get shot more often. I mean, that's just a reality of the of using violence and the expectation that, that you won't get violence used against you, right? I don't understand what you're saying. If representatives didn't get special perks, they didn't have special places to eat away from the rest of us, they didn't have bodyguards, they didn't have uh, limousines, they didn't have all the things. You're talking about ways- federal. That's what she okay. is. Okay. okay. I mean, there's different representatives at state levels and things like that that don't have the bodyguards or the staff or anything like okay, that. Okay, nobody, um, I think we've established on this show in the past that nobody uh, nobody listens to or cares about what's going on in their state, right? I mean, they just don't pay attention to the state-level lawmaking some bodies. People, some people do. Very, very few. What percentage of the population can actually name their state representative, um, their representative from the state, their Florida or whatever? Not very many. Not very many. The people just don't pay attention to them. Um, you know, the, the culture in this nation is we pay attention to the federal government. I disagree with you, though, that there needs to be special privilege. Um, I'm not, I'm, what I'm saying is there needs to be special privilege if they're not going to get shot because of the way they act. Do you understand? If I went around threatening somebody with a gun, at some point I'm going to get shot, right, Michelle? I would imagine so. Okay, so these representatives, especially if you're threatening to take away someone's livelihood, run, or, a, run around with a sort of a fictitious gun. It's the it's the gun of the police or the fed, the FBI mm-hmm. or the federal government's the power. So they're running around doing you know violent things, but they're hidden behind the cloak of the law. They right. just write stuff down, and then somebody else goes and does the running around and the threatening. So one stuff. might argue that it was justifiable homicide. Some somebody might d- d- do that, but all I'm saying is is that it is the 
it is the natural and um, you know expected recourse that some people are going to attempt to take against uh, you know federal people. It's why they shoot presidents. Yeah, right. But these are insane people. Not all of them. I mean, the, I, the, you know, this guy is clearly insane. To arbitrarily but, go up and, and kill somebody, I would think that that qualifies you well, to be insane. Men, as in the human race, has been killing its, uh, you know, it, it, other humans since the beginning of the human race. I mean, that's, uh, you know, it's natural. It's manly. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Oh, God. Well, I, I agree with where you're coming from, Mark. I mean, these government uh, so-called representatives are in there on a daily basis. They're hurting people. They're threatening people. They're coming up with new controls. In many cases, these controls can ruin people's lives. They can destroy businesses, which will, you know, be, it can be very frustrating. And some people snap. I mean, remember the guy with the kill dozer? The guy who uh, he, outfitted a big bulldozer to be bulletproof. Right. And- he, he turned a bulldozer into a tank and went into this thing and drove it around his town. Now, he knew what was going on in town because he was a business owner and he saw these regulations coming down and they were hurting him. And he said, this I can't take this anymore. This was more than a decade anymore. ago. Right. I mean, think how much the government's grown since then. He said he couldn't. He basically to- said he couldn't take it anymore. And he, he built this tank, spent a long time building it in secrecy and then loaded up, armed up and started driving this thing around the streets, destroying government buildings destroying all kinds of things shooting people i mean he was uh he was crazy but before he went on that rampage he was just seen as an upstanding member of the community he was a business owner he wasn't he wasn't crazy right until show, he went crazy on this show we tell uh, people who do talk about doing things like this violent stuff that it, you, you're not going to be successful at anything we, we try to speak reason to them well that's what she I'm said trying to do is speak reason to the politicians look the more laws you pass against uh, to people the more of their livelihood the more jared lofner's there will be the more stinking stupid rules you put on them in their business the more of them are going to rise up like canaries in the mine, and more of them are going to, you know, send bullets your direction. It's true, and just like uh, Miss Giffords, you're not going to be able to. It's not. Uh, Dodge them all. Right. And it's not justified uh, because it's it's wrong to use violence to solve your problems. You're lowering yourself to their level. But I understand, Michelle, where people would be coming from when they were saying those things, because I used to think those things myself. Like, well, these government guys are aggressing against us, so it's completely justified, you know, okay. to blow up the uh, the halls of Congress. I mean, yeah, it's well, I, it's not going to make things not, better. I'm not, even, I'm not even looking at the morality of it. I'm yeah. looking at the expeditiousness of it. It's not expeditious. No, it's not going to make things better. And it, it makes, you know, just makes things worse. The Totasac giveaway. We're going to do it right now. You get a two-pack of the Totasac. Dial in at 603-435-1105, T-O-T-A-S-A-K dot U-S. 603-435-1105. Call now to win. There's more Free Talk Live coming up. We want to hear your thoughts in a moment. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Enough time for your thoughts, your calls. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI tool free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on our site completely free. So enjoy those. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that in various different ways. One of them is by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, place an order for whatever it is you're looking for. I mean, they probably have it. It's Amazon, the world's largest internet superstore with awesome prices, great free super saver shipping deals, and a huge selection. You can even buy used items. Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. 
And don't forget, we've got a bunch of archives at freetalklive.com. You can go way back, all the way back to late 2006, all for free. Thanks to the folks over at HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You can create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. They're easy to use, and there's uh, more than 4,500 templates uh, for every kind of website that you might want, whether you want a personal blog or complete e-commerce business website. Let the experts at HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com host you. Use HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com and you'll get all kinds of benefits, including unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, free site builder tools, easy an easy-to-use control panel, one-click script installs, and your first month completely free. It's HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. All right, 800-259-9231. As we continue, Mark, uh, before we get to the calls, just want to have you kind of lay down what this proposal is because we haven't really gotten into it. Uh, the proposal of uh, Representative So and So, basically uh, saying that uh, you know that the, the the politicians need higher levels of protection than they are they currently have. Um, you can be charged with a felony for threatening a public official now, but they need the the kind of investigation the president gets when he gets threatened. So they need Secret Service uh, to basically take care of every, all the 535 drunken sailors. Well, then. you know, you know, they'd love to have that. Sure, I they mean, would, and how, the Secret Service would love the expansion of the bureaucracy as well. How important would you feel if? If you had two guys in suits with little earpieces and dark glasses mm. walking along behind you, I can tell you I'd feel very important. Right now, they. <laughs> I would. I'd feel important. Yeah, and right now, these and guys. And I have the muffle your laughing butt right now. They've got. Boys, get her. Uh, the, the guys have a lot. These representatives, they have a lot of people that are crazy, uh, that are likely making some level of threat or allusion to, uh, to violence in maybe written form or maybe calling the office and saying things. And, and it's probably part of the, uh, the aides' jobs that, that handle those phone calls, just kind of blow them off and not really, not really be too concerned about it. Well, now they'll have a reason to investigate every single one of them, and of course that'll mean that the federal police can be expanded. Uh, but Mark, the people that support the the government will say, "Well, this is necessary." I mean, these people are under threat; they're important. We need them. They're here to to help people. They're here to to create you know government programs. Well, if this and- was so important, then um, why are they using this instance to springboard it? I mean, this instance, no one got threatened. Well, they always have to have something to springboard off of. I it understand, but this is a poor. Something. This is a poor springboard. This isn't this. It may instance. work though, Mark. This isn't shutting the. <laughs> you the, may think it's poor, but it might just work. This it isn't may... shutting the barn door after the horse got out. This is shutting the barn uh, a different barn door after the horse got out. Sure, but that doesn't matter. What matters is uh, is being able to appeal to people's emotions, and this is it seems like an ideal time to for them to bring this about. I mean, from their perspective, this is working just fine, and they're not going to. No one's going to pay attention to your barn door analogy in the mainstream media. They're just going to focus on how this is a great idea to protect our representatives. Yeah. Very sadly, bad things happen. They do, and if, as Mark pointed out, I think the, the most salient point that uh, that you made on this, Mark, tonight is that this should be a notice to these people that if you keep trying to control other people's lives, you're going to have more of these Jared Lofners. What he did was wrong, and he's crazy, and people that use violence, the killdozer guy, all those people, they, they should not have done those things. Their answers were not solutions to the, the problems that they saw. They were just violent acting out on their 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 crazy thoughts right but what and people it don't hasn't get reduced is, government it hasn't reduced terror you know uh, fanaticism it hasn't done anything like that what um you know what people 
aren't recognizing. Certainly, Jared Loeffner is a uh, is a good example of a crazed lunatic. However, what they people aren't noticing is that Gabrielle Giffords was a member of an organization that uses threats, terror. Uh, you know, jails and and weapons. The government to get what they want, and somehow one is okay and the other isn't. And one's legitimate. That, that that's fine if you think that that's true. Just imagine. Just just don't think that everybody's going to think it's okay. Don't think there's not going to be a repercussion. If you bring the soup, if you bring, if you let the the Secret Service uh, cover all 535 drunken sailors in Washington D.C., imagine how much more it's going to cost. Mm. Those are tax dollars. Those are mine and your tax dollars. If you let that happen, just remember, you can't, at some point it will be, well, I'd like to kill that representative. Then the next it'll be, I don't like what that representative's doing. Mm. Well, she's a Nazi or whatever, whatever term you use. Pretty soon there's guys in suits knocking on your door. I like very plain and simple truths, universal truths. Um, you know, thou shall not kill, thou shall not, in the sense of murder, which is not self-defense or steal. Those are things that can apply to all people in all communities and all civilizations. And um, I find it interesting that there's going to be increased legislation uh, regarding protecting government officials. Now, I guess it's just government officials in this country. Because mm-hmm. I, I am remembering the United States military going over and seizing and uh, a government official in Iraq, right? Saddam Hussein. Well, sure. It's completely legitimate for the uh, government to use violence against whatever other government people yeah. they want or any other people they want to. And, and that's part of what we're it trying to do. It used to be that way, by the way. They didn't, they didn't fight wars in quite the same way. There was, there was a time in Western civilization when we didn't, we didn't go after the leaders of, a, of another country that were fighting right. a war. A gentleman's agreement between right. them. You know, and, and it doesn't seem to work that way quite so much. They, the, the Kosovo guy, he's been put on trial. Saddam Hussein was put on trial. Mm-hmm. And you'll find more and more that they can they're they're treating the losing the the leader of the losing nation like a criminal mm-hmm. and it's it's interesting as a matter and of they fact, are criminals but they're being caught by other criminals well, and but so. their laws my point is that these laws are not founded upon universal principles yeah that's true so they're just arbitrary yep and therefore there's no way to reason your way through and just like a caller talked about earlier the the young man who'd gone for, i think it was matt who'd gone from canada mm-hmm and the United States, and you, you, you jokingly said, well, you need to read all the laws. You need to know all the laws. You can't possibly know all no, the laws. Can't. But, you know, to have the expectation that people behave, you know, rightly and, and as opposed to wrongly. And if we're able to agree on these universal principles of not stealing from each other, not aggressing against one another and, and um, not harming one another, um, then we can... Uh, coexist copacetically without much problem. I wish more people would get those universal principles, and one of them is that violence begets violence, and Jared Loeffner is that begotten violence. He is the uh, the the violence that was begot by the initial violence of the state and the things that they do, and the same thing with all the so-called terrorists, the, the people that the government calls terrorists, that uh, the folks on 9-11. That was the violence that was begot by the violence that the government used in the Middle East. I know a lot of people want to believe it all started on 9-11, but it didn't. Yeah. So it's people this cycle. People are clearly ignorant of, uh, of, of the history of the United States' intervention in the Middle East. And and they believe that somehow if they elect people, that that, 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 that doesn't rule, that rule doesn't apply. Like, well, we've elected these people, they're legitimate, and it's the government, and you know we need government, so it's all right for them to go around the world killing people, and there will never be any consequences for that. 
We're the world's superpower. We can handle it. I mean, there are, of course, there are going to be consequences. In fact, I'm surprised there haven't been more. That's one of the things that amazes me the most, is that it's been almost a decade since uh, September 11, 2001, and there hasn't really been any significant uh, blowback after that point. Right, there haven't been 13 guys, uh, you know, hijack a plane. Right, considering all of the violence the U.S. government has utilized and has in- initiated so on people art, around the world. So the United States government claims then that its methods are effective because it's prevent, it's, you know, prevent. Well, that's their violence, claim, but I yeah. think it really is more of a claim of. The, I don't the, think anybody thinks that you could actually stop somebody who's bent on killing themselves. That's, that's their claim, Michelle, but I think it really is more of a statement. The fact that there's been a lack of violence is a statement about humans and how uh, peaceful they are in general and yes. how good most people are. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Brent or Brett rather in Indiana. You're on the amp line. Hello, Brett. Hey guys. Um, well, I promised Michelle I'd call in and make you guys <laughs> talk about sports tonight. Oh, okay. <laughs> With two minutes to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Michelle, you wanted an update on that score. It's 11-7 to 7 Oregon last I saw. Woohoo! Go team! <laughs> well, you know, I love the fact that, you know, in sports there are there are rules and the th- fact is you get to choose to play the game or not. And if the United States government wants to exist, as long as I can opt out of that, then that is just fine with me. Y'all go ahead and have your rules and your regulations. I just don't want to be on that team. Brett, any other thoughts? Um... Well, yeah, I did have a general thought on collectivism because I know it happens all the time in politics. I wondered, I wondered, see if you guys had a thought on why it happens in sports too. Because I get, I get, I get kind of fed up with people talking about. They always talk about when the team wins that it's always we won. We won. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. There's not much else you can say about that. And people want to feel like they belong to something. They want to feel like they're doing something. When hey, in point of fact, do it's you see my other people Go that Ducks. are doing it. See you tomorrow night. Freetalklive.com. <laughs> The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right. It's another edition of the Edgington Post. And today I have with me Kale Paget. Kale, you're getting to be a co-host practically. You're on here so often. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of enjoying my uh, my stint as your uh, tax expert. Hopefully, <laughs> or hopefully you're not cheating on me and have another expert. <laughs> I don't, I don't have another one that I can think of. Yeah. Uh, so you're from the Tax Foundation, taxfoundation.org, and uh, you know you've sent around another email. There's always new things brewing for Americans as far as taxes go, and I think it's important to let my listeners know um, they can they can get on the same updates uh, list at uh, taxfoundation.org that I'm on, but. Um, be that as it may, we'll talk about some of the changes that have uh, gone on. Now, uh, they've ca- they're calling them the Obama tax cuts, I guess, uh, but in fact they're an extension of the Bush tax cuts with some changes. Is that right? Yeah, there's just a, there's just a, a couple of changes that kind of came through uh, with them. Um, you know, basically uh, we lost a credit and uh, got a, another kind of tax uh, cut in, in lieu of that. So, but other than that, they pretty much uh, stayed the same. Okay, so um, they obviously affect different people differently, and how um, you know how how do each of the uh, the the brackets of income get affected on these uh, these changes? Yeah, so I think that was the interesting part. That was really where a lot of the debate uh, happened. Uh, you know, at the end of December, was over. Um, you know, what part of the Bush tax cuts would get extended, and so. 
you know, you pretty much had these very partisan lines drawn of, you know, the the Democrats and Obama really were not uh, want, were not wanting to uh, continue to the Bush tax cuts for high incomers. They wanted to allow basically a um, the people earning over two hundred thousand, which was their uh, definition of high earners. Um, you know, they had kind of it's an arbitrary number, but it was a number. Yep. They had picked that, and they said that those people should be paying higher rates. Uh, everyone else gets to keep. Uh, the tax cuts that they had in place, um, and then we would then allow that to uh, expire, and so, uh, but the other people would pay higher rates. So it was a, a pretty partisan thing. Uh, you know, in, uh, I think there was a lot of interesting rhetoric on, on both sides of the issue, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, they decided to basically um, kind of kick the can down the road. So uh, we're going to have two years of, of the Bush tax cuts, and then we'll be uh, debating fundamental tax reform again. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see whether at that point uh, Congress is ready to to do that. I think what really makes it interesting is it's a um, the politically very uh, kind of strange because the Democrats uh, and Republicans both are thinking that this will be a great campaign issue for the next presidential election. And so it'll be interesting to see uh, which group was right. I think uh, Republicans seem to have a lot more traction uh, this year and did pretty well on it. And uh, in two years, if they'll have the same luck running on uh, taxes. Well, I think that uh, what the Democrats would be betting on, and I, I understand why they would bet on this, would be that uh, the economy's got to get better in the next two years. If the economy does get better in the next two years, then uh, Obama will get the credit for the economy getting better in the next two years. Um, and I think that presidents deserve credit for uh, you know the economy getting better in the same way that bull riders deserve uh, credit for a good bull ride, um, you know they they you know they're just holding on for dear life really, so <laughs> they um, they you know like I think they're just betting that the economy is going to get better. I don't know. I mean, there's lots of experts out there that. Uh, you know that you know say buy gold get ammunition and get ready to eat the dog you know i mean that kind of uh, you know disastrous thing um, on the horizon hard to say for the average person yeah i think and i think that's right i think that um you know it's going to be tough betting on the economy it's you know you would be betting on history usually we'd see a recovery coming in by now but uh you know a lot of a lot of uh, economists and even very good economists are saying no this is a little bit of a different type of uh, beast we're dealing with, it'll be a longer recovery. And, um, you know, Bernanke has said that, uh, you know, job growth is going to be sluggish for, uh, you know, several more years. So it'll be uh, interesting to see where they uh, come out on, uh, on that and who, who really uh, gets the, uh, the victory for it. Now, uh, there were some changes to uh, the, the tax code during this time. So uh, we had had a temporary uh, tax credit known as the Making Work Pay Credit. You might remember this uh, from filling out your uh, 1040 that you basically were able to um, mark a line on a, mark the line, and you were given uh, a $400 tax credit. So you basically got a $400 uh, across the board. Everyone got it uh, tax reduction. So this was kind of seen as a, a lump sum payment, um, you know, and reduced taxes that you were able to take advantage of. And so a lot of people saw this as a um, Kind of a, a good a good a good program. Cut taxes just a little bit. Now they ended up scrapping that and moving to a two percent reduction in your payroll tax. So your payroll tax, of course, your tax that funds Social Security, and so you're now getting two percent uh, off of this. And so when you do just kind of a little bit of quick math, you realize that this actually uh, amounts to once you get over a certain threshold, you're going to be uh, actually a larger tax credit. So uh, people earning over uh, $20,000 will actually see their uh, taxes uh, go down slightly. 
uh, this year because of that credit as well. So it's, a, it's an actually a bigger tax cut than we had previously with, with the making work pay, uh, with the exception of people that earn under $20,000 or couples earning over uh, under $40,000. Now, um, there's a lot of people out there. I know the preachers, uh, Amish people, um, and there's a, several other groups that are exempt from paying payroll taxes, and that's the taxes that go towards Social Security, right? Yes, yes. So, uh, there have been uh, groups that can uh, exempt themselves from that based on uh, religious group grounds. So they will, um, to the best of my knowledge, there's not going to be any replacement for them, so they won't be uh, getting any uh, tax relief because of this. That's what they get for not paying into Social Security. It's a great program. Um, now, yeah. the <laughs> so um, I have not paid into Social Security for years, uh, several years. And um, I've mm-hmm. also looked for whatever case law there might be for somebody going to prison or even having any try- kind of legal trouble over not paying Social Security. And I can't find it. So mm-hmm. um, this really affects sort of people that are employees and uh, self-employed that choose to pay uh, Social Security taxes and, and that, that kind of thing. Um, so – the ones that are making more than $20,000 a year will see a benefit, and the ones that are making less will not see as much as the $400 credit, right? Yep, exactly. Well, so way, to, way to kick the, the poor people in the pants. Good job. <laughs> yeah, it, was kind of a, it's, it is kind of an interesting uh, take that we would uh, see that happen um, because, you know, it is kind of actually is going to be a, a slight, uh, you know, loss of income there. But, um, you know, uh, on the whole, it's a much larger uh, tax cut now. The reason that uh, I, I actually uh, have gotten this question a couple times, the reason that they went with a, a payroll tax is that, um, you know, there are economic models that, um, you know, do say that, the, you know, and how with the manner that we cut taxes, uh, you know, the, the manner in which you cut it matters for the effect that you'll get. So certain taxes get a, bit, uh, a larger bang for your buck. And the payroll tax is one that, um, you know, according to uh, some econometric models have basically shown a larger multiplier effect. I don't I'm skeptical of these models and skeptical of their ability to tell you anything. I'm very skeptical of the whole multiplier debate, um, you know, pro and con. You know, I don't think it's really something we can really get very accurately a uh, good measure on. So, uh, you know, but that's why they picked the payroll tax specifically to uh, go after because they thought that that would have a relatively larger uh, increase. So, so uh, explain this multiplier effect to me. I, I'm not clear on it. Yeah, so the idea is that, um, you know, when the government spends money or does something, there, um, you know, is hopefully a, a multiplier effect. Is that it's going to, um, you know, create uh, an incentive. So basically, if I get fifty dollars back from the government, I'm going to go out, I'm going to buy something, and then that money is going to be put into the economy. And then, you know, some people are going to do something with that money, uh, and they'll be able to use that. And so, you know, so basically, the the money gets uh, used multiple times, mm-hmm. and so that you know, a uh, hundred dollars isn't actually, you know, the government. Give me a hundred dollars, you know. Giving me, quote unquote. I'm using air quotes, even though your yes. audience can't see that. Sure. <laughs> uh, that uh, you know, they're giving me money. Is that I will spend that, and that will actually earn them more than a hundred dollars. And so that's the idea of a multiplier. Now, a lot of people think that um, you know, will say no, no, no. What happens with these multipliers is that you've got two effects. You've got a counterbalance going on. Is that you know, we're either going to have to borrow, we're going to have to do something to uh, do that. So there's that's going to hurt the, the multiplier. And so, and some people even think that, you know, so it might be below one. So, you know, well, you, the government gives me $100. Well, only $70 really actually do much benefit for the economy. Now, other people actually will go further and say, no, you know, these actually have negative effects because people are going to, you know, stop spending, um, you know, and things like that. And so, um, you know, depending on what's done, how the government decides to use this money, if they, 
you know, if they decide to build roads with it or if they decide to do something or they decide to give it to individuals, you know, they're all different effects that we can we can see from that. Understood. So um, now if the money is being if this is a tax savings on Social Security, Social Security is already staggering and wheezing as it is. I mean, it, it doesn't it, it, it's it's in big trouble. Won't this give it another um, kick in the shin? Yeah, and so that's kind of the it's it's interesting that they would time it this way. Um, it it didn't make nearly as many headlines as I as I thought it would this year. Was that you know Social Security for the first time um, basically uh, res- that the money going in was less than the money going out. Mm. Um, the reason for this was it's you know obviously we have a huge demographic shift that I think uh, most people know about it, the baby boomers retiring. So this is going to be the major problem moving forward now. It was projected to happen in a few years from now when this would happen. Uh, unfortunately, actually, uh, due to the down economy, it uh, happened sooner. And so mm. we actually saw it this year now. Uh, if we have a, a little bit of a recovery, it would have reverted back. But now that we have this tax cut, it looks like we'll uh, kind of be in this area where uh, the money going in is not as much as the money going out. And this puts uh, you know, a major bind on other government services because – uh, and other government activities because they're going to have to start pulling money from other areas to start funding this. So it's interesting yep. that, uh, you know, the year that it kind of actually went into the uh, red is the year that uh, they decided to actually uh, cut it further. So it's a temporary cut. We'll see them. Disturbing. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at some point or another, they're going to have to raise that age of eligibility. At, uh, uh, and it is going to be a, a bitter, bitter political pill to swallow. No, it is. It's going to be, and it, it will be one that's going to be very tough. It'll, uh, we'll see it just because, um, you know, this was when the, the tax commission came out, the De- deficit commission um, that kind of got some headlines, but really kind of got drowned out by the debate over the tax cuts in general. Uh, one of the recommendations that they had made was a uh, an increase in the uh, retirement age for Social Security, and so uh, that, of course really is a, uh, a pretty big uh, no-no on the, the left, um, because really that is a, um, a, it's a, it's a way to kind of really uh, take a tax and uh, basically it, it uh, you know, hurt the poor more. So it's a very regressive uh, way, because the poor uh, tend to, low-income people die a little bit uh, younger yes, than uh, wealthy people, and so by raising that age, you're really cutting into the benefits quite a bit. So the a pretty big uh, problem. It's going to be a pretty big, uh, painful salute, uh, decision to make uh, going forward. It, it seems inevitable to me, and um, you know, with people living longer and obvious, and and to me, they seem like they're living healthier. Maybe I'm, um, you know, only interacting with a certain uh, demographic. People tend to do that, yeah. um, but. You know, it's it seems like you know they say forty is the new fifty, fifty is the new sixty. Um, you know those those kind of things, and it really seems that way to me that people at the age of sixty five aren't ready for retirement. They aren't lying on their deathbeds, and and they have uh, you know they they have fruitful lives ahead of them. No, of course. I mean, this was uh, you know the reason they picked sixty five was that was the life expectancy at the time, and the real the real idea was this terrifying notion. Uh, that you would outlive your savings. And what would you do if you had outlived your savings? If you lived basically longer than you thought you would live, you had planned for your retirement on your own, yeah. you had been diligent, and then you happened to outlive that. That was the, the worry. And now, uh, you know, as life expectancy has increased, we have not increased the age of Social Security uh, with that. So that's kind of, you know, getting away from what the uh, intent of something was to what it actually has kind of become. That's politics for you. Yeah. So... They, um, th- there's been some changes on state levels too, or they, um, the Obama tax 
um, issues have affected states. Which is it? Well, there's been there's a couple more things that uh, have happened uh, uh, with uh, you know taxes as well. So so the big one that uh, is coming back is the estate tax, uh, and so that was that is uh, a big one, of, yeah. Yeah, and so that basically was a, a little bit of it. That was a pretty big change. So. Um, you know, last year we had no estate tax, uh, and right now we do have an estate tax. So, um, you know, uh, it's a it's a larger cap than it was supposed to be. It was supposed to only be a, a million dollars was exempt. Now it's up to five million, uh, and it's at uh, the top rate is thirty five percent for that. So uh, that's a, a reduction from the top rate being fifty five, which it uh, was scheduled to be. Uh, and yeah. so, uh, you know, it's it's always one of those positions. Is it a tax cut because we're you know what we thought it was going to be, or is it a tax increase because we're going from zero to this. And so you do now have the estate tax, though. So that's kind of an interesting, um, you know, ish. That's a big tax that's kind of come back at people. And so I think that one's, that one's one that I don't think a lot of people, uh, you know, have paid a lot of attention to. But, um, you know, the estate tax is a, it's an important tax. Um, and now, it's not important because the amount of money it raises. It's important because of the incentive effects that it does have for people. Which means that they're what incentivized to spend their money or gift it. Um, and- yeah, exactly. You're basically in. You know, you don't need to basically keep earning money all the way up until you die because you want to give your kids as much as possible. Because now you really can't, um, and that's going to be you know it's a pretty big hindrance to that. Now you said it was you've given these numbers one million and five million. Does that mean that if you make if you have up to five million dollars, you don't have to worry about the uh, the death tax, or um, it is so at, at five million plus is where one has to start worrying about it at thirty five percent, or or how? Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, exactly. So it's basically your first five million dollars of your state is now uh, exempt. So it's it it seems like a lot, and it is. It's a decent amount a of, money of money now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not. It's not. It's definitely not a small amount. I'm not right now. I would not be worried about the estate yeah, tax. I'm not. I'm, <laughs> not my immediate concern. Uh, but where it where it does become more of an issue uh, is with um, some small businesses. Uh, so you know, if you want to hand over a um, you know a, a family business. And that business has a lot of assets, and the the father dies and tries to hand it down. There can be um, some issues with that because you would have to basically be able to uh, come up with the money to uh, pay the tax and still not have to divest yourself of all your capital in the business. But yeah, that really stinks when you think. Um, I, yeah, I hadn't thought of it from that standpoint, but that um, that really stinks because you know a, a business may very well be worth five million dollars, but try to get five million dollars for a business that's worth five million dollars. I don't know what you'll sell it for, but it'll probably be you know some uh, you know some percentage, and it won't be a particularly high one of that. No, exactly, and that's kind of the uh, you know an, an issue that I think uh, you know needs to be taken uh, seriously and looked at because that's. Um, you know, part of the debate. So yeah, hmm. and um, the, so that, that that's uh, everybody on a nationwide uh, scale, right? Yep, yep, exactly. Now um, another thing that uh, kind of you know might seem like old news, but uh, is the healthcare reform act that we passed uh, earlier the year. Uh, a lot of those taxes are uh, starting up again. Mm. So we had um, the uh, Obama. You know, so we had basically two sets of. Uh, taxes. The first, uh, well, we have a number of sets that are going to slowly phase in. Uh, the first one that kind of came in was in July, which was uh, the, uh, the the Snooky tax, the taxes on tanning. So you saw a 10% uh, tax on tanning that went into effect uh, in July. But now we're getting to uh, some more of the uh, the major ones. And the the one that I think people are noticing now is basically the 
what is uh, basically a um, where you can use your money for your HSA money or your uh, FSAs or basically your healthcare reimbursements right. uh, basically can no longer cover the over-the-counter drugs. Um, mm. And so these were things that were previously uh, basically you could uh, if you had arranged your money correctly you could make tax exempt. Uh, you know you could basically not have to pay your income tax on them. So uh, you know the, those the, you know those qualifying purchases are now uh, out. So you have to now purchase. Uh, you know those, uh, and you're going to have to pay income tax on that income that you would have used to purchase those. Right, so that, post, that's, post that's tax one. dollars. Yep, exactly. So that now is uh, going to be taxed, uh, as well as um, you know, basically uh, p- the penalties uh, for uh, HSAs and MSAs has now uh, gone up from 10% uh, for misusing kind of unqualified medical expenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to go up from 10 to 20%. Um, as well as now um, there's going to be fees that are going to be imposed on uh, manufacturers and importers of uh, branded drugs. So, uh, you know, some of the brand name drugs are going to be uh, now taxed as well. And so this is, you know, we now see, um, you know, some of the, the cost side of healthcare kind of coming in yeah. uh, to well, play. And so they have was, to pay you know, for it another. somehow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's, uh, you know, it's going to be expensive. And I think that, uh, you know, that's going to be uh, one of the real uh, – things that we're going to be uh, dealing with further uh, as some more of these uh, taxes kind of come into effect. Gail, we're going to have to finish this up at some other time. I've got to uh, to, to get ready to do the show, but um, uh, tell people the, the website and how they can uh, find out more. Oh, sure. Absolutely. It's uh, the uh, taxfoundation.org, um, and we have a, a sister site where you can actually um, look and kind of calculate what your taxes would uh, have been with the, the new Obama tax. Uh, cut or the extension of the Bush era tax cuts and kind of the difference between Democrat and Republican plans. Uh, and you can look at that at mytaxburden.org as well. Mytaxburden.org. Yep. Gail Paget, thank you very much. All right. Thank you. A very wealthy U.S. citizen is predicting that in 2011, we'll witness the most important day in America in more than 50 years. He says it will change everything about our lives, the way you shop, travel, invest, educate your children, and even how you take care of your health and your family. Now, this man has made some outrageous predictions over the years, but he's usually right. He predicted the collapse of GM, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and America's biggest mall owner. And recently, he created a video which you can watch online for free, detailing his biggest and most important prediction yet. I can't stress this enough. You should at least watch this free video online today. He explains everything you need to know, including simple steps you can take to protect yourself. You can find the video at End of America. 19.com. Although this video may be offensive to some audiences, it's worth checking out. Again, it's endofamerica19.com. That's the numeral 19. That's endofamerica, the numeral 19.com.